With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that 3-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. From the echo chamber, apparently, that is Cowboys <laughs> camp. Uh, I am not in a box, but I feel like because of our setup here, it, it feels like, right, we have our own little kind of cabana that's overlooking where uh, the Cowboys will soon have press conferences right after their practice is done. Spent some time watching the Pokes practice out here in sunny Oxnard, California, part of our training camp tour. We had the Rams earlier this week, the Chargers next week. Of course, the Rams and the Chargers, little fisticuffs yesterday. They actually had dudes booted from practice. We'll get to that later on in the show. But we are live today from Dallas Cowboys training camp. Uh, not the best team in the NFL, but without any question, the most interesting team in the National Football League. And I can tell you, spending just an hour and a half 
watching practice and watching all that goes on around practice. And then, of course, you think of the storylines, uh, the, the owner being now in the Hall of Fame, the change at quarterback and one quarterback going straight to the broadcast booth, joining our Troy Aikman, who's number one in Fox Sports broadcast. It's just different with the Cowboys. It's just a different level, even though it's the same league as the Rams, as the Chargers, as almost any other team in the National Football League. You can tell me the Patriots are better, a better organization. I wouldn't disagree with that. It's just bigger when you have the the star on the side of your helmet. Um, Mike Fowler, who's our social media manager, is currently hanging a banner. Dan Byer is here. He'll give us the update. My man Bert is trying to make sure that we sound good, uh, and I have nobody to make sure I look good if you're watching us on Facebook Live. I will tell you this. You have to keep telling yourself over and over and over again one sentence, okay, which is more of a run-on sentence. It's not great syntax, but you have to. Last night I watched. The Houston Texans take on the Carolina Panthers in a preseason game on the NFL Network. And great to hear Brad Nessler calling NFL game. He'll call CBS SEC games. What a misstep by ESPN not bringing back Nessler. He goes to CBS. He's going to be awesome covering the SEC. And Deshaun Watson looked good. It's inarguable. He looked good. Um, Tom Savage also looked very good. Matter of fact, Tom Savage probably looked better and looked better from the pocket. But I'm not trying to diminish what Deshaun Watson did last night. I am not. But the sentence you have to keep repeating to yourself over and over again is, the preseason doesn't matter, the preseason doesn't matter, the preseason doesn't matter, the preseason doesn't matter. Because if you look back historically, plenty of good quarterbacks have looked good in the preseason. And plenty of bad quarterbacks have looked good in the preseason. You name the court. Like, I can give you look back historically and you're like, hey, remember Achilles Smith? Remember him? Right? Comes out of Oregon, thought it was. He could be the next kind of dynamic run-pass threat in the National Football League. Go back and look at when he was drafted in his first preseason. He was awesome. Awesome. How good a quarterback was Achilles Smith? Um. Blake Bortles is a maligned starting quarterback in the National Football League. I don't think he's as maligned as Clay Travis said he was earlier today when Clay Travis believes that the Jaguars should dump games in order to get Sam Darnold, in order to get Josh Rosen, in order to get one of the young quarterbacks in the NFL. But if you look back at his rookie season, Blake Bortles, remember, they wanted to redshirt him. They wanted to not play Blake Bortles. But he was so good in his first preseason that everyone said, well, you know what? You should probably just play him because he's more ready than you thought he was. This is inarguable. Okay? Go back and look at his game logs. Just download them. This is not that hard to do. Like go to any website and just go, hey, look at his, his game logs and go back and, and read what they said about Blake Bortles going back to 2014, the preseason. Looked pretty good. Better than we thought. Probably ready. And so while Deshaun Watson, we all want him to be good. Like, we have this incessant desire to say what we saw for, for, for four years at Clemson is going to be a reality in the NFL. We all want to say, like, I knew everybody in the NFL. All these teams made a mistake. And I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And there's a bit of a confirmation bias. He makes a good throw. It should be pointed out he was very good, although he lacked some accuracy when in the pocket. 
and he was better when he was out of the pocket. And the knock on Deshaun Watson was sometimes he's inaccurate in the pocket and he's better out of the pocket, which is what's going to ultimately fail you in the NFL. You have to be good between the tackles throwing the football. All the other stuff is just icing on top of the cake. It's great. It's important to keep your eyes down the field, to keep your balance. But the reason that he was slipping in the NFL draft was actually apparent last night. And even if you look at the, the coverage, which was which was overwhelmingly positive, I watched afterwards. David Carr, of course, was the former number one overall pick. And he was doing so without his left tackle was holding out with the Houston Texans, just so you know. But he was also playing with the twos and playing against the twos. I'm not trying to take shots at Deshaun Watson. I'm trying to paint a proper context, proper perspective. And... If you look at the high number of interceptions he had last year at Clemson, it was because, one, he forced things, but two, maybe more importantly, he limited himself and tried to show that he was a better pocket passer than the, his reputation that had been put in place. Okay? And the only time that he started to scramble and run and design runs for first downs and really instead of running to throw was in the college football playoff. A strength that he absolutely has, but one that you don't really need or even want in the NFL. And, like, you can tell me you have to be able to move the pocket. That's not inaccurate. But I would also tell you that if you look, we've talked about quarterbacks who have remained um, in the NFL and not been hurt. All of those quarterbacks are from throw from the pocket. Right? Like, Tom Brady's still doing it at 40 years old. Why? He's a pocket passer. They protect you in the pocket. Phillip Rivers hasn't missed a start since he started starting in 2006. Why? He throws in the pocket. Phillip Rivers is slow. Okay, he's not slow for He's slow. He raced a pregnant woman, came in third. When you watch Tom Brady run, it looks like he's dragging a dead body. Like, it's painful to watch those guys run. But they're nimble within the pocket, and they're protected by the rules in the pocket. And so... I, look, I, I'm in must, as much in love with the idea that Deshaun Watson can be a, a five-star, lead Clemson to a national title, evolve as a quarterback, be this year's Dak Prescott, this year's guy. That's all the Texans have needed, and he can allow the Texans to take that next step. But I could, I could, if, if you want to use last night as the example, I'll point out last night he lacked some accuracy within the pocket, was better out of the pocket. Savage was better in the pocket. More than anything, keep telling yourself this sentence. Preseason means nothing. Preseason means nothing. Preseason means nothing. Preseason means nothing. And once you start there, you can and just watch him evolve. But Dak was great last year in the, in the preseason. He was great. But that... that that didn't prove to us that he was ready. I mean, even his first couple of games, there was still a denial within a lot of people that he was, in fact, ready. So let's not go crazy about Deshaun Watson against the number twos in the Carolina Panthers being very, very good, and even, especially in his... And he has poise. He is not rattled. But the questions about Deshaun Watson weren't whether or not he'd be rattled. He'd be, he, he would lack poise. The questions are, would he lack accuracy within the pocket when he's going through his progressions? That's the thing that he needs to improve on, and that was not proven to be incorrect last night. And even if it was, last night is not the gauge for if he's ready to start in the National Football League. 
Because if you want to say he looked good, you'd also have to say that Tom Savage looked as good or even better, especially from the pocket. If you want to say that he looked good, that's great. You also have to balance it with Blake Bortles was great in his preseason. Achilles Smith was great in his preseason. Blaine Gabbert was outstanding in the Arizona Cardinals preseason opener in the Hall of Fame game. Remember that? Like, damn, Blake Bortles, uh, 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 Blaine Gabbert is good. Like, no, he's not. It's the preseason. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. Remember, if you watch Austin Powers, you know the third time it cements it. It's the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, Coming up next, the least surprising story ever out of the NBA is coming out of the NBA. We'll share with you what that is and some things we learned from asking some Oxnard police men a question at the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf earlier today. We'll get to that upcoming next. But first, for the past few for the past few years, Fox Sports Radio has been broadcasting live from the Farmers Insurance Open. Matter of fact, Dan Beyer, who's joining me in Oxnard, uh, last year was inside the ropes and got a chance to cover it for FSR. And Fox Sports Radio is looking forward to going to the Farmers Insurance Open next January. If you want to go and watch the pros play in person and walk inside the ropes with the likes of Ricky Fowler, of course, Oklahoma State alum, and is currently playing at the PGA, uh, now's your chance. As a matter of fact, how about we do it one better? How would you like to go to the Farmers Insurance Open, Torrey Pines, and take another trip to play around at the TPC course at Sawgrass? That's the one with the Island Green, famed Island Green. Our friends at Farmers Insurance can help make that happen. Check out Farmers Experience counts.com at farmersexperiencecounts.com not only can you get some key golf pointers from ricky fowler butch Harmon in their experience counts video uh, series but you can also enter the experience count sweepstakes for a chance to win a trip to both the farmers insurance open and the tpc sawgrass along with a custom fit set of cobra puma clubs farmers experience counts both on and off the course visit farmersexperiencecounts.com for official rules and a chance to win an amazing golf experience If you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of your home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com today. Well, the headline isn't very good, uh, especially if you just signed him and you're the Sacramento Kings looking to clean up your image, right? That was the whole thing with Sacramento is, hey, we're going to bring in some veterans. We got this great uh, uh, rookie class. We're going to bring in veterans that have been through the wars of the NBA that have evolved as people, and they're going to help kind of rebuild the culture of who we are as Sacramento Kings, right? And Zach Randolph, um, up until today, had kind of been the embodiment of Knucklehead when he was young after a one-and-done year at Michigan State, early on with the Portland uh, Jailblazers, and then kind of uh, rebooted his image. I mean, he's one of the most beloved players from any hometown in the NBA, considering, or if you consider the Memphis his, like, adopted hometown. You, you, when you land at Memphis Airport, like, you'll see pictures of him, uh, he's, he and Tony Allen, who both came from tough backgrounds and had issues early on in their NBA career, they they were the face of the city of Memphis. And so when he signed his contract with the Sacramento Kings, a two-year, $24 million deal, you felt like that cemented 
that cemented Zach Randolph as a guy who's gone through complete image rehab. And I don't want to go over overboard on on an, a marijuana arrest, right? Like, let's not go crazy. Let's not pretend like marijuana isn't being decriminalized and, frankly, made legal in many parts of the country. But this is not the, hey, he was pulled over and there was a blunt in the cigarette, you know, in, the, in like the ashtray of his car. You know, he make ashtrays on cars, most cars anymore anyway. Um, this one doesn't read great. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department arrested Sacramento Kings forward Zach Randolph on felony charge of marijuana possession with intent to sell. So here's what we did today. Um, we're in Oxnard, California, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're live at Dallas Cowboys camp. You heard the air horn go off. You know, that's the Cowboys switching from station to station to station. We're told they have 25 more minutes of practice. Then they have some light work afterwards. Then the Cowboys will start to come over, and we'll pop them on air. Oxnard is 50 miles north of where we normally broadcast from or, or, or thereabouts, about mm, 110, 120 miles from the part of L.A. where uh, Zach Randolph was arrested last night. And, look, LAPD officials told ABC7 that officers want a routine uh, patrol when they encountered a group dr- of uh, drinking alcohol, smoking weed, playing loud music while blocking the street at Nickerson Gardens Project in Watts. Th- the bigger story is what the hell was Zach Randolph doing at Nickerson Projects, right? Like this wasn't like it was one of those deals. Like you go to the Dave Matthews Band concert or you go to the fit, you got a better one, fish concert. You can arrest anybody for weed, right? Like you could literally it's it's fish in a barrel. Figuratively, literally, fish in a barrel, like you could get weed guys. But, like, dude, you're worth $100 million. You just signed a guaranteed contract for 24 mil. You're not even from LA. It's not like I went back to hang with my boys. Like, you're in the Nickerson projects. And then the cops roll up, and Zach Randolph goes running away like he's a 17 year old. So, we drive up to Oxnard, California. All of us kind of had the same idea. Let's beat the, you get there early, beat the traffic. And we meet at a, at a coffee shop, a place called Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. It's a, it's a chain. I don't believe it's outside of Southern California anymore. Um, and when we roll up, we're talking about the story. And there is how many, how many uh, uh, motorcycles? I would say in the six or seven varieties. I know Shocker there. Cops are at a coffee shop, right? I don't know if they were eating donuts. That would have been far too cliche. But so I, I pulled aside a couple officers, um, and I asked them. I said, how much do you have to have in order for an officer to believe you have the intent to sell? And this was interesting to me because we were arguing. Is it an ounce? Is it two ounce? Like, I'm, I'm not really a weed guy, so I don't know. Like, I didn't – and frankly, I didn't bring uh, anything to measure with. To, to, I, I don't know what like, – what it would even what it even looks I'm like I know what it looks like I'm not I'm not gonna be that naive but I don't know like if somebody said here's an ounce like I'd have to just take your word for it I really don't know so the officers were incredibly kind um, and they were like uh, well it, like it just kind of depends like what do you mean it depends like well like you just kind of it's like it's like the definition of pornography you know it when you see it like you can usually on your person you can smoke an eighth of an ounce so if it's more than an ounce you could you could probably, you know, it's a bag. You could probably get away with it and just get a ticket. But you start to get a big bag or there's little baggies on you or it gets to two ounces or more. And, all right, now we got the intent to sell. 
So I'm not sure I really got a clear answer. It kind of feels like it's intent to sell because it said so. And I do think that Zach Randolph, who's six foot nine and 36 years old, you know, he could probably get away with the, hey, I can, I can smoke a lot more than the average bear. But it, it doesn't read good. And if you couple it with the fact that Zach Randolph was rumored to being the kingpin for a marijuana selling ring in Indianapolis years ago, and then when you're like, what was he doing in the projects? With, with I mean, like, I hate the word hooligans, but, like, that kind of, like, dudes were blocking a street, drinking, smoking, playing music. Like, what are you doing? This is when keeping it real goes wrong. Officers called for backup when the crowd and people began throwing bottles. Several police cars ended up with smashed windows and slashed tires. Like, that's where... That's where your star power forward, the former face of the Memphis Grizzlies, now the face of the we're rebuilding and changing our culture Sacramento Kings, is hanging out. That is not a good story. That is not one to which you're like, oh, it's, it's an NBA player caught with weed. You know, I'll just brush it aside. Weed is being decriminalized. It's not a, like this feels like the most old school NBA story ever and the most Zach Randolph story ever. And oh yeah, by the way, it's the Sacramento Kings. That's a wow. That's a wow. I know Zach did play for the Clippers back in 09, had a DUI arrest then, but you know, I I don't want to be one. I'm I'm not one of those guys. that's like, I I can't believe that. And then somebody had marijuana. It was reefer madness. Like, I'm not, let's not go crazy about it. It's the amount was enough for an officer. And, like, what are you doing going running? Right? What are you doing going running? Such a rookie move from a veteran. Such a rookie move. And, yes, there were guns recovered, although no guns were linked to Zach Randolph. He was he was uh, released on bond this morning, smiling face. And I'm sure that at some point it'll get dialed down to a misdemeanor and we'll pretend like it never happened. But just not a strong look from Zach Randolph. And, not, and it's one of those to which all those PR stories that we've been told about Randolph rebuilding and rebooting his image and how he's going to affect the culture of the Kings feel very, very fake when this comes out. Doesn't mean he's the worst guy on earth. Uh, but it does mean that, that he should have listened to Chris Carter, right? Shouldn't he have had a fall guy? You've got to have a fall guy. Right? And that what happened. Carmelo Anthony got caught with weed. One of his boys was with him. The boy, t- his boy took the fall, right? That's like one of the deals. But Zach Randolph, who famously held up, or his boys famously held up Sebastian Telfair at gunpoint because he wasn't passing in the ball early on in his career in Portland, may not have evolved nearly as much as we gave him credit for. If y'all got a crew, you got to have a fall guy in the crew. Got to have a fall. It's the it's the most honest and real advice. It it was just it was too real for for mainstream America. Yes, rhyme music. Oh, maybe that's why he ran. Is because the cops show up. He looks for his fall guy, and the fall guy he was already gone. So maybe he's like, I got no one else to pawn this off on. So that's why he had to take off. Cops roll up, give it to one of your guys. Has to be there. What is he doing holding that much? <laughs> Who is Zach Randolph beating in a race? <laughs> I mean, that is, that, that, that is interesting, though. It is, like, I understand he's 36, and he's, he's not nearly as fast as he used to be, but professional athlete gets run down by a cop, right? 
<laughs> like that's not that's not that's not a strong statement for the speed and agility of Zach Randolph. Well, it's also like even if he's in a giant crowd of people that are blocking the street, they're probably going, "Who is that six nine guy?" Yeah. Like, yeah. Even if there's fifty people, I'm sure he had to have been the biggest one there by far, just sticking Pol- straight out. Police say twenty people were spotted. Nineteen of them around six feet. One man about eight feet five inches. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you would get from the report. I, I just it just I don't know. To me, this just it's all kinds of dumb. I mean, the first dumb, like, what are you doing in the projects, dude? What are you What are you doing there? And I ask any of my guys from L.A., and they're all saying the same thing. Like, he was in the Nickerson project, Zach Randolph. Like, that is a good way to get got. That is a good way to get all your jewelry stolen. Uh, to get it, to get your car stolen. That's just that is that is a rough neck of the woods. Crazy, crazy stuff. All right, we're live from uh, Dallas Cowboys training camp here in Oxnard, California. And it's interesting because the Cowboys, they haven't made a Super Bowl since the 90s, right? I mean, there were years of relative irrelevance. And uh, yet it just seems like, to me, they're not the best team in the league. America's team is the most interesting team in the league. I'll, I'll, I'll explain why they're so interesting. But first, let's find out what's trending. Show Fox Sports Radio live from Dallas Cowboys training camp. Best team in the league, at least heading into the season, is the New England Patriots, right? Like we would all agree. I mean, they they add a wide receiver who can take the top off the defense in Brandon Cooks. They uh, bring back Rob Gronkowski, who, remember, did not play for them in the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl without Rob Gronkowski. We cannot understate that enough. They've reconfigured their backfield. Uh, They have gone out, and they have uh, done some really smart things in terms of, we haven't drafted great. Let's trade it for uh, veteran players. We know what we're getting. Stephon Gilmore comes over from Buffalo. Mike Gillisley as well in the backfield, although he's having some issues right now from Buffalo as well. But the, the, the point is that we're trying to make is like, look, the Patriots were the best team in the AFC last year. Um, and then you add Gronk, who wasn't with them as part of their Super Bowl run. You add Cooks, who gives them um, an unbelievable weapon, the likes of which they haven't had since Randy Moss. And I'm not saying that he's Randy Moss, but – in order to do everything they want to do underneath, you have to have it's. You're better off if you have somebody who can take the top off a of defense. Whereas you have to have a safety high. They now have that, along with all their. Remember how good a year Hogan had last year? Like when I haven't mentioned that Chris Hogan, he had a tremendous year last season. So their offense is good. Their defense, we we would think is getting better. Last year they fixed the offensive line, which is what ultimately let them down when they lost in Denver the year earlier. And Denver was with their dynamic defense was able to pressure and get in uh, Tom Brady's face. So the, I I make no argument that the heading into the season, the overwhelming favorite in Vegas to reach the Super Bowl, the overwhelming consensus in the National Football League. If you talk to football people, not just if you talk to fans, the best team in the league is the New England Patriots. Right? The Seahawks still have a dynamic defense. They have playmakers on offense. Right? You could make the case of the Seahawks, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Green Bay Packers, who went into Dallas last year with third stringers in their defensive backfield, beat the Cowboys on their home field. Like, I could make the case for plenty of teams. Pittsburgh Steelers, when Le'Veon Bell returns, and ultimately he will, 
they have a more dynamic offense now with Martavis Bryant, who was, um, he was well, what's the what's the what's conditionally the term? conditionally He's, reinstated conditionally yeah. reinstated. We're like, hey, dude, listen, we know you cannot stop smoking weed, but we'll let you play and see what you did, right? Yeah, and yesterday he got access to preseason activities, but the regular season is still up in the air. Right, he's on double secret probation. Yeah. So the point is, if you look at Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, all the different weapons, Le'Veon Bell, all the weapons that Ben Roethlisberger has, like you can make the case that the Steelers have a more dynamic offense even than the Cowboys. But there's nothing as interesting as the Cowboys, right? And if you go out on their practice field, you're, Wait, they got stop Jason Witten, who, at 36 years old, is still able to make plays. They have Des Bryant, who may not be peak Des, especially since he had the foot problem two years ago, which limited his season and really obviously hurt the Cowboys' season. But they still have Des, who's, I think, inarguably a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Maybe not top five anymore. They have Ezekiel Elliott, who we don't know if he'll play early in the season or what's going to become of these these off-the-field issues, but Ezekiel Elliott, it wasn't crazy to think he could get 2,000 yards last year. He got 1,600-plus in his first year. Tyron Smith's going to join us later. Uh, arguably the best offensive lineman in the National Football League. Then it's Dak Prescott's first training camp as um, unequivocally the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. The owner is a Hall of Famer and also quirky and a, quote, machine. The defense, which they continue to adjust and evolve and was rebuilt. Remember, two years ago, didn't have Sean Lee. He returns. Uh, they have some dynamic playmakers, albeit one of their best defensive linemen, out first four games with a PED suspension. Like, there's all kinds of stuff. The, the Cowboys aren't the best team or inarguably the best team, but they're the most interesting. There's just so many different levels. to. Plus, they play a much more difficult schedule. This year, last year, they played a very soft schedule. And they have the star on the side of their helmet. Plus, you got Cowboys, Mike Orvin at uh, at the NFL Network, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, all these for Moose Johnson, all these former Cowboys covering them, being put in that situation. Can I be critical of Jerry? Can I be critical of Dallas? And yet, still be able to cover cover them and still be welcomed into the Cowboy family. I, I think I don't think there's any even close. They're the most interesting team in the NFL because they're really good and they have some huge strengths. But there's some stuff to them which makes them just a fascinating watch. Let's dig into my sack. Left the sack in the car. God leaves sack. I I actually I, I gotta be I gotta be honest. How much is Ramos drinking? Ramos, you know what he's doing. He's intentionally doing this to us. We no, didn't take no. him to Rams camp. Didn't take him to Cowboys camp. You know he he found out we're taking him to Browns camp and he's mad. So now he's he's delaying this. <laughs> Uh, John Ramos doing a little day drinking back in uh, German Oaks. We're out here in Oxnard, California. I'm kidding with you, Ramos. We know you're balancing things like a one-armed paper hanger. What do you got for us, Byer? Well, let's uh, let's start out with the National Football League. Um, oh, wait. Uh, we got to pick a game with your sack. We've got real uh, news, just as on- fake news. <laughs> you're just as on point as, as Ramos. Ramos has got real news, fake news ready. Hey, we're, we're trying to – we're having a good good time in Oxnard. And now there's a cat meowing in the back. Maybe that was the cat that was in St. Louis. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, real news or fake news, Doug? On the heels of yesterday's rumors about Bengals backup quarterback A.J. McCarron, the MNQB.com says Cincinnati received a trade offer of a second-round pick for McCarron. Is that real news or fake news? I think that's real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. 
Yes, that is correct. The report says Cincinnati likes McCarron so much because he has two years left on his deal that a deal would need to happen that would have to blow them away. So a second-round pick wouldn't be enough for A.J. McCarron, which blows my mind to think that's the case. Especially, too, Doug, when you look at the quarterbacks that are in the draft next year that have been talked about, you could talk about the quarterbacks that... But none of them will be around with Cincinnati. No, Cincinnati. but it doesn't mean the Bengals would matter. It's the other teams in the NFL. Drew Brees is playing out the last year of his contract with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in Miami with Jay Cutler, if, if Cutler works out, if he doesn't, if he's going to want to continue to play. I, I, can't, I, mean, I, I, can't, I also cannot believe that uh, only a se- that a second-round pick wasn't enough. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's... Su- I'm surprised by that. If, if the Bengals think they're getting more, good luck with that. I don't think anybody's given a first-round pick, but we'll see. It all depends on who goes down and if whoever goes down has a relationship and believes that A.J. McCarron can come in in short order. Look, he was good two years ago when he played in the playoff game. Uh, wasn't great. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued with them. Uh, Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert being back. How does that change them in the red zone? How does that change uh, Andy Dalton? Because that was a team that was wildly disappointing. Losing Hugh Jackson to the Cleveland, ba- Cleveland Browns. Losing Tyler Eifert to injury last year, they were just not the same offense in spite of the fact they have so many weapons. And they add to that weaponry with Joe Mixon uh, being drafted as well as Tyler Eifert. And being the fantasy guy that I am, all the word out of Cincinnati is that the Bengals uh, have Jeremy Hill as the number one back. Maybe that's an opportunity where just like the Browns are giving Brock Osweiler every chance to win it. And if you can't, then they can end up moving on. Um, moving on to the next story in real news or fake news. The New York Knicks are asking Carmelo Anthony to expand his wish list of teams to be traded to. Is that real news or fake news? Doug? I'm going to go real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yes, the New York Post is saying the Knicks want other teams outside of the Rockets to try and pursue a trade with. The report adds that the Pelicans, Cavs, Thunder, and Blazers all would have an interest in Carmelo Anthony, but Melo right now only wants to go to the Rockets. See, I woke up this morning thinking the number one NBA story would be that story and would be the fact that Melo was playing pickup ball with C.J. McCollum and he was wearing a hoodie the whole time. And the hoodie was up and, like, cinched up. And then he shot, uh, he shot an amazing sky hook shot, right? Yes. Like all kinds of that video is he's playing with C.J. McCollum. The, the Blazers have openly opined to want to trade for him. At least C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard, the Blazers that matter, have said that. And then he's playing pickup basketball with C.J. McCollum. Like all that makes made sense. I thought that was going to be the NBA story until Zach Randolph got busted with a, with a uh, huge sack of weed uh, in the projects in Los Angeles. Real news or fake news, Doug, the rally kitten that ran on the field last night in St. Louis, only to be followed by a grand slam, is now the official mascot of the Redbirds and will be at home games for the rest of the season. No, that's a fake news. You are fake news. Yeah. Yes, it is fake news. They can't find the cat. Um, they, they let it go outside the stadium. Some girl apparently picked it up and left with it. So they don't know where uh, they don't know where the cat is. We do know one thing, Doug. We know that the kitten is not Kitty Boot, John's former cat that was oh. mauled by the neighbor's dog. So we do know. Wait, your we, your dog was your cat was mauled by a dog? That's affirmative. <laughs> Sorry, Suzanne. I mean, like, look, uh, this is. Um... I just had to clarify, just so people didn't think it was the same cat that we talked about. No, I think that's important. Uh, this is funny. So I, in my neighborhood, we have that, um, not neighborhood watch. What's that neighborhood email called? Uh, oh, shoot. People have it. They know. Anyway. Group chat. No, it, it's not. 
Next door, next door, right? So we just moved in this neighborhood, but we were in the same house three years ago when we got our cat. And our cat has already, it's more of an indoor cat, but she knows to go out and to come back. But I don't ever let her go out after dark because of, of coyotes, right? There's a, a substantial coyote problem in, uh, in my, where I live. And, my, look, my cat is safe. I want to make sure. And my daughter's coming back to town, so I know the cat is locked away so that it, if a coyote gets the cat, it's going to be, I guess, on her watch, not on my watch. But I did get a next-door neighbor update that, that a half-eaten cat was in the front yard oh, of no. a neighbor's home. Oh. And I guess a coyote's to blame. It was not the rally cat. It was not my cat. Me ouch. So... <laughs> Me out. These are real world um, problems. Did your cat ever go to an Angels game? Ever maybe just mosey on over like uh, apparently the cat in St. Louis? No. No, didn't do that. No, no. Um, final real news or fake news for the day. Real news or fake news, Doug. A 91-year-old woman from Thailand completed her college degree in 10 years, earning a bachelor's degree in human and family development. I'm going to go real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. That is correct. Good job, Doug. Kim Longinacool was given her diploma by the king in a ceremony at the school just outside of Bangkok. And here's the interesting Fire. note about this. Since she graduated, yeah. she now is going to transfer to UConn and play it immediately <laughs> next season. So, she's a, so she's a grad transfer. Yeah. She's, yeah. A grad, she's, she's a grad transfer. One anyway. year, try to win that title, bounce back from last year's upset. <laughs> so uh, they got veteran leadership in the UConn backcourt. That was very funny. I can't, I'm not going to add to that. Was Scott Lee sack? <laughs> oh, that was that was very funny. My favorite story of the day, and uh, it um, I guess has something to do with sports. Maybe has something to do with weed, but it it involves a stolen car and a surprise left behind in that stolen <laughs> car. It's next cat. on the Doug Gottlieb show. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com today. Uh, here's a story you don't read every day. Uh, we'll get to uh, a new story about, uh, about the Dallas Cowboys. We are broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys training camp. Todd Archer, who covers the team and writes for uh, ESPN.com had a very, very interesting number to put by the job security of Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Pokes. Uh, we'll share that with you top of the hour. Plus, we're expecting some of the Cowboys to stop by. Uh, it, I, I've told you before, it, it is different with the Cowboys, though. It's a different level of intensity, different level of importance. And coming off a season in which they had home field advantage, um, I think up until they played Atlanta, right? Did Atlanta have no? They had home field no. advantage throughout. Right? Yeah, they had yeah, home field advantage throughout. They lost there, which this this does. It's not the first time it's happened, but um, we've seen coaches who lose that game get fired. And you'll be interested to hear the number that was put by uh, put by uh, Jason Garrett's job security in a one to ten ranking or one to five ranking uh, in regards to uh, to the hot seat. Uh, but I love this story. A bear swipes a car for a joyride and then leaves a present behind. This from Colorado. Stories of Colorado are now, they're not yet at Florida level, <laughs> right? Like, you can always like, oh, it's Florida. But anytime there's a Colorado story, you assume there's also weed involved because they were the first to legalize weed. And, of course, they taxed weed, made a bunch of money from weed. So maybe that's the part, the only part missing 
But this is from the Durango Herald. Um, Ron Cornelius found his car after an animal mo- uh, found his car after an animal mowed his mailbox. A bear broke into an SUV, took it for a joyride, crashed it, thrashed the interior, then pooped inside. <laughs> right? The bear hijacked a Subaru. Then he realized, what the hell am I doing driving a Subaru? i got to get out of this thing, right? From Cornelius' uh, from Cornelius's neighbor early Friday, releasing the parking brake and causing the vehicle to roll down the driveway and crash into the utility box and the mailbox, the paper report. Now, there's a bunch of different parts to this here. First of all, this is why... Even if you have a parking brake, you always leave the car in gear. And then in that, if you've ever driven a standard or stick shift, whatever you want to call it, it's the same thing. Um, I always leave it in gear and put the parking brake on. It's like double safe, doubly safe. Uh, Somebody obviously chose not to do so. Secondly, this does point to that somebody still drives a stick shift Subaru, which like there's, I didn't, outside of it, maybe if it's like a WRX and this was not, that's a very fast street legal Subaru which hauls ass, like maybe that is the maybe the only way in which I would approve of you driving a stick shift Subaru. Otherwise, get an automatic, man, right? Um, unless you're towing something, I guess. But the bear stealing it, the bear, and I love this quote, it would have taken human being hours to do what this bear did in a couple of minutes. If you look at the pictures, it completely trashed the interior of this car, which reminds me of, do you guys remember the Far Side cartoons? Do you guys remember those? Yes. Gary Larson, I believe, was the artist. Far Side cartoons. Anyway, it used to be very popular in newspapers. Then you could buy a book of all Far Side, far side cartoons. But there's a famous Far Side cartoon where, um, you know, there's two bears, and they're thinking, they're looking like they're hunting human beings, and one bear turns to the other bear and says, what do you think these claws are just for picking berries? <laughs> right? It's one of the things about bears. We think of them as cute fuzz, fuzzy because of Smokey the Bear and because of Yogi the Bear, uh, Winnie the Pooh. And then we start to realize, like, oh, my gosh, they're incredibly strong animals that will trash your car, steal your car. And apparently they're the phantom pooper. Anybody? (laughs) You guys know what the phantom pooper is, right? Go on a road trip with a team. Sneak into somebody's room. Go number two. Sneak out without flushing. Leave it behind so that somebody somebody goes in and they go into the restroom and they do like the – remember the Godfather 2, right? Ah, 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 Right? That, That kind of reaction, that's the phantom pooper. You can always blame it on a bear now. How safe is Jason Garrett's job? Maybe less than you thought. We cover that from Cowboys Camp next. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp. Uh, We're going to be joined by a couple of Cowboys upcoming. I think sometimes we freak out over uh, headlines. In this case, people seem to be freaking out over uh, the actual context. Uh, ESPN.com has a guy named Todd Archer covers the NFL. He he uh, rated coaches on the hot seat. Um, shouldn't be a surprise. John Fox was nine and twenty-three in Chicago after getting fired um, first by the Carolina Panthers and then by the Denver Broncos. Remember, he gets fired by the Broncos. Then they turn around, and win a Super Bowl, uh, and they won a Super Bowl based on their defense. And he was a defensive guy. Anyway, Fox is nine and twenty-three in Chicago. He's lost twenty-three of twenty of thirty-two games as coach of the Bears. Uh, some of that was he inherited a disaster, but some of that is they just haven't gotten any better, and he'll take the brunt of the blame. Chuck Pagano, who I've said this before about Chuck Pagano, um, somehow he staved off 
an ousting over the past couple of years. Obviously, he had the worst fake fake punt call in the history or recent memory of the NFL. And if not for Andrew Luck, they don't come back and win when they're in the playoffs a couple of years ago against the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, like Chuck Pagano is one of those guys, in all honesty, like if he wasn't beloved and if he hadn't had cancer and there wasn't Chuck Strong, would he still be the coach there? Right? Like Andrew Luck hasn't been good enough, hasn't been healthy. They haven't had the surrounding cast, and that's one of the reasons they made a change in general manager. But they haven't been well coached either. I mean, his year when he was out fighting cancer, that's when Bruce Arians took over and did a great job. And, of course, Bruce Arians, for the most part, has done a really good job with the Arizona Cardinals, so um, if that's the control group. But if you look at these ratings, I mean, you can't freak out over Jason Garrett being a two because the context of it is Garrett's not completely safe. But they basically said barring a disaster. And it would have to be a disaster considering how good they were last year with the 13-3 and season after an injury-plagued 2015 where they lost Romo, they lost Dez, and they lost uh, Orlando Scandrick. Speaking of which, those are some nice cleats. Um, we got to turn on your microphone. Those are some nice cleats. Thank you. The Nikes, they're just blue. They're just Nikes, they're just blue? Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Take okay. take take me through the camp so far. Uh, it's been going good. You know, it's been an uphill battle. I'm grinding, trying to get better, trying to be the best I can for this team. Oh, come on. You're giving me the all. I'm trying to. Are we getting better one game at a time, one practice at a time? I mean, how? You can't get better two games at a time. You can only play one at a time. I, 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 I. You I, must have never played, huh? I did play, actually. When? I played college basketball, played professionally overseas. But I know that I also know the, the cliche answer of I'm getting better. How's it been for you? Like, you getting, you're getting out there. And and does it does it feel last year's camp coming off of injury have a good year? Give me your sense of how's it how's it actually going? I felt like <laughs> last year, <laughs> and I played like it too. Uh, this year I feel it's totally different. You know, Orlando Scandrick joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, so, like, look, last year you talked about not feeling good. That's hard because it has that, to be not even not feeling good, not playing well. I understand, but how much of it was the mentally coming back? And guarding against injury, how much of it is just being out of the rhythm? How My much- body wasn't as responsive, you know, and I wasn't in rhythm and I wasn't comfortable and I felt like I was maybe a step behind on things. But this year I feel good. You know, I feel great going into things. I feel like every day I'm coming out competing. Every day I feel like I'm getting a little better. You know, of course I feel like there's sometimes in practice where, you know, I don't get better in things and I regress a little bit. But I feel like after that regression, you know, I climb up again. How is this camp – you've been in a bunch of these with the Cowboys. Uh, how is this camp where – there's no question about who the quarterback is. Um, there's not a lot of questions in terms of like last year you, you had a new running back. You've had questions about Dez, whatever. Like there doesn't seem to be a ton of questions about who's going to play where, who's oh, going no, to be. No, 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 no. You had questions. I've never had questions about who the running back was and what's going on with Dez and what this was. That was right. from the outside looking in. But like I said, we don't have um, the Doug Gottlieb show playing in the locker room. We don't have ESPN playing in the locker room. So, you know, we just come out every day and we do it for each other. You know, we all we got. So so how is is this different than other ones, or is it the exact same? No, nah, I mean, it's all, every year is different, but this team is just, you know, we got players. We got Dak, who's a year older. We got Zeke, who's a year older. We got our O-line, who's played together another year. We got some young defensive backs that are hungry and playing and ready to, and eager to learn. We got Byron, who was just making great strides. We got Heath, who's now a starter. Um, 
fourteen and two, uh, excuse me, thirteen and three last year, and now the expectations are raised. Uh, is that for for you? For you, how is that in terms of your level of preparedness? You I got said the, th- I got the same exact expectations. The first goal is to win the East. The second goal is to win a playoff game. Next goal is to get to the Super Bowl, and ultimately, you know what that is, to win the Super Bowl. Sure, no question. Orlando Skandrick joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so in terms of being a vet now, having young guys. Oh, man, you guys kill me with this. What, what year do you actually turn into a vet? Because it's number 10 for me. I know. So what year do you actually turn into a vet? Probably three. I'm just now being a vet now. You said. No, no. I said being a vet now and having when they bring in young guys. Why are you messing with me? Why are you coming I'm not. Over? Well, I'm, I'm just trying to catch up and get your sense of camp. You're kind of messing with me. Uh, I just want to know when I became a vet. I would I feel say like, you're year three, but like now you're you're totally you're you're completely secure. And you're like there's. Like, I wasn't last year though. Are the other times when I got contract extensions? Well, only because they're coming off of injury. And you even <laughs> said your body wasn't right last year. Like you talking about me, being a vet, not about my body. What's it like to be a guy who now you have these young guys that you have to not just worry about yourself, but you got to teach as well? I mean, it's the same. You know, I take the same mentality as was given to me when I got here, when Byron got here, when he was a rookie, when Morris got here and he was a rookie. I just go out and I just try to give him my all and I try to set the pace and lead by example. You know, you don't got to do too much talking. How much are you going to play this weekend? I don't know. You should ask Garrett. But do you, do you want to? Like, I mean, of course, of course you- I want to play. It's a chance to get better. Yeah, but there's also like I ain't guarding against injury. I'm ready to get better. I want to work. I want to be on point. You know, I got one of the best receivers that'll be in our building September 11th at 7 p.m. Central. So, so you'll go. I mean, obviously you're going to do whatever, but you like the because some guys we talked. Who were we talking with yesterday? Who was who said? um, uh, Who he said like, look, I just need a series or two just to feel right in order to get out there in preseason. I don't know who told you that. Uh, I think it was Greg Jennings who joined us yesterday. He's like, I just need a, I just need a game. Wide receivers say they only need a game. Greg they Jennings only... is on the couch. I know he's on the couch, but he was on the field. <laughs> yeah, he was. But I'm, I want to play, man. I'm trying to win a championship. I ain't don't not saving it. You know, every chance to get out there is a chance I can get better. It's a chance I can watch film. It's a chance I can feel something a little different. All right, does this team feel better than previous teams? You've been on a. Uh, 12 win team was that three years ago? I don't know. 13? We don't have it. We got 90 know, people. But, but you are a vet. We have 90 gonna, people on the been, team right now. I know now. you do have. There's a lot of dudes. <laughs> do you know everybody's name on the team? I know a majority of the people. <laughs> Listen, we're just trying to build a team. Like I told, we're trying to be the best that we can. If we can all be our best individually, collectively, we'll come together and we'll like the results. I promise you that. I, I last year we liked the results. I don't think there was any question about it. Obviously, you come up one field goal short against against the Packers, but for the most part, you're the best team in the NFL last season, and I don't think that's in question. Like I said, we're trying to build a team together. We're trying to, you know, achieve a common goal. If you don't finish first, you finish last. We had a great regular season last year, but we were below 500 in the playoffs, and we didn't get it done. Most most important question, okay? You're in these in uh, you're in these uh, the residence in. Mm-hmm. So you Netflixing. No, you, I mean, I go to sleep after we're done. We get eight hours of sleep. We got out of meetings at 10 o'clock. So you just said 10-year veteran. Now I have to get I, – I got 10 o'clock's late for you. You're eating early dinner. We need to get eight hours of sleep. So eight, you, let's count them together. If you get out at 10, you yeah. go to sleep at 10.30, yeah. 30, 12.30, 1.30, 2.30, 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, 6.30. Got to be up at 6.30 and lift. So and you we got to eat. So you go you, – you, are you, now are you one of those guys when you hit the bed, you go right to bed? Yeah, I turn off the TV and I try to get put my phone away and I try to let my mind go to sleep. And when you wake up, you go right to the phone. I get go to weights. 
No, but I'm saying, like, your routine. All right, let me ask you a question. Yes. What kind of car do you drive? A Tesla. You would never put water in it, not charge it, right? Uh, no. So why would I stay up all night and not refill I'm, my body? No, I'm just asking kind of your routine. I mean, my like routine. Some, some dudes take a long time to go to sleep. I'm one of these guys, I hit the pillow. I, if, if this is you, where you turn off the lights and you go to sleep, you're out. Some guys... They just I look. I, it takes me an hour to go to sleep. I was interested more in your routine. I mean, I wake I've been up, up. First thing I do is I wake. I check out my phone. I go to check out Twitter to see what's what's going on in the world in the world around me. I was just asking more of your. Routine. I've been up since six thirty, so I'm gonna go to sleep. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm gonna use the bathroom, and I'm gonna wash my face. <laughs> then I'm probably gonna look at my phone. All right, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a fair assessment of what Orlandrick Scandrick does to do. You did legs today? No. What you I do? I did upper body. It's looking swole today. I'm messing with you. I don't know why you can mess with me and I can't mess you, back with you. You totally can, but you're antagonizing me because you're not getting the answers that you want. You want me to say, oh, we're the best team in the NFL. I don't need preseason practice. What are we talking about practice? I didn't ask you any. I didn't, I didn't ask. You're like I, Greg, I didn't ask, I didn't said, ask Greg, no, Greg Jennings. Greg, I'm, just, I'm telling you last year, uh, you said, well, you never played. So I said, all right, Greg Jennings played. He didn't play, play last year either. No, he played two years ago with the Dolphins. He told us, hey, and I was surprised by his answer. He said, I felt like I only need one preseason game to be sharp. I'm asking you, as a guy who's been in the league for 10 years, how much you need to be sharp. And you said, I like to play as I mean, much I'm as I young. Can play. I'm young. I'm young. You know, I don't know how old Greg was when he retired. I'm assuming he was maybe 32, 33 when he retired. But I just made 30 years old, you know, and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm still an ascending player. I'm not ready to start shutting it down. When you start cutting corners and taking time off and not wanting to do things, that's the beginning of the end. See, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Orlando Scandrick, right. appreciate you joining Thank us. You. Orlando Scandrick, been up since 6.30, took a leak, checked his phone, and then went and did weights. And then joined us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Had the Packers underperformed during Aaron Rodgers' career? The most famous Packer, who's still alive, chimed in. Find out what his answer is next. That was one of those um, – Orlando Scandrick just joined us. That was one of those permission to treat the witnesses hostile. Uh, that, was, that was interesting. But he's been up since 6.30 in the morning, which he made evident to us. That he's gotten his, If you get eight hours of sleep, though, I, I, my wife's that way. Like, I, you know, she gets eight hours of sleep. Like, I have no sympathy if your day goes bad when you've had eight hours of sleep. Like, the rest of the world does not deal well on eight hours of sleep. So he was like, hey, 10.30, and then he counted off the hours to me. Uh, that was – Things can go bad in a hurry when you're doing live interviews. But what's interesting about that was, as I kind of walk my ba- myself back through, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live at Dallas Cowboys Camp. Um, don't miss uh, this Sunday. Don't miss the, the new epic series, Get Shorty. It's a new original series inspired by a best-selling novel by Elmore Leonard, Get Shorty. It's also made into a movie, which I really like, with John Travolta, among other people. Get Shorty follows a mob boss and the muscle from the murderous crime family in Nevada who collide with a washed-up movie producer in L.A. to make Hollywood's next big hit. They'll stop at nothing to get what they want. They're looking to they literally Get Shorty, a new high-stakes dark comedy starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaid and Ray Romano. Like you've never seen him before. This series premieres Sunday, August 13th, 10, 9 central, only on Epics. You can check out the first three episodes the way I did. Go to Epics.com. That's E-P-I-X.com. Epics has thousands of Hollywood hits, comedy specials, documentaries, and critically acclaimed series. Catch Get Shorty because everyone knows that in Hollywood, you're only as good as your next hit. Get Shorty premieres Sunday, August 13th, 10, 9 central, only on Epics. All right, Doug Gottlieb show back. Uh, Dan Beyer here alongside cast of hundreds preparing us for the show. So Landry Skandrick pops in, and he was just, like, combative. And I don't really 
Like, look, I understand if the first question I ask out of the box is about Dak or about something about Jerry Jones or some sort of dramatic question. I asked him how camp is going. That's about as soft of soft a softball as you can ask, and he was like, good. <laughs> At what point did you say, hmm, I, you know what my point was? When you complimented him on the shoes. Yes. And then he said, they're, they're just, just blue, blue Nikes. <laughs> you know, like, Doug, nice shirt. It's just a shirt, you know. Just a shirt. What, just a shirt. Just what this old. I, he didn't even go, this old thing? Yeah. yeah ah, this yeah, old thing? Yeah. I got hundreds of them. They're just blue shoes. I, I will say this. I did say that uh, Orlando Scandrick's got magnificent teeth. Okay, I do have to say that. Look, I'm a big and, teeth guy yeah, too. Yeah, I like and yeah. I and I appreciate people who are teeth people. Yeah. But I didn't want to like I almost felt like if I complimented his teeth then it was I also well, don't think when he went the you must have never played and I was like, mm, "No, I never played in the NFL, but uh, you know, I've done a couple things. I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not not proud of the fact that uh I've hooped a little bit." Um so I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Uh but Whatever. I mean, was there ever a, was he, there ever a point? There was a, there was definitely a point two or three minutes into which I probably should have gone like, you know, hey dude, we're good here. Don't know what your issue is, but I didn't want to draw attention to it. Instead, I just tried to just try. I like you know, like look, I'm one of these people where I I try and get the win out of it, right? Yeah, I yeah. try and get the win out of it. Well, frankly, I was talking about this with a really good friend of mine last last night about um, one of the reasons I continued at my previous employer as long as I did was even when things go went wrong, I, I still wanted to win the end. I still wanted to leave with good feelings. And I thought maybe I could turn it into that, and I just I, – and I, I don't – there was – yeah, that was a weird Can one. I spring an idea on yeah, you? Sure. Okay. For, for Start now with on. the Netflix question? <laughs> Oh, for well, now that's on, on your iPhone. What have you been? What have you been? What have you been doing on your the, iPhone? This will be between me, you, and all of the Doug Gottlieb show listeners. Okay, when an interview is going off the rails, yes, you, you wrap up with, "You've just been in the speed zone," and then you end the interview after three minutes, <laughs> so they think it's only like a three-minute interview. Ah, you uh, have survived the speed zone, but there was no, there was no peppering. Of, it was a, it was just very uncomfortable. And usually, when you're in person. You get done with practice. There's a, a comfort level. Yeah. That one was, that <laughs> one was odd. And I didn't, I, I like, I didn't ask. There was no questions about that. I look. I understand that we all. He might have just come off a bad practice, right? He might have just had a bad practice. He might have just gotten railed out by Jason Garrett. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I think we just set the world record for fake smiles during that ten minutes, trying to hope that everything was good, that everything's positive. We're keeping it up. We're having a good time, and then weird. Doug, you tried. Weird. You tried. That's all that you can do. Okay, good. That's I, all that I you did can that. do. I was, and you know, I was not the best else? person myself. Yes. Can I say something else? That and that I do have. Why, I'll, I'll, I'll look before you. I want let, let you Dan Byer join me. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio from Cowboys Camp. We just had an Orlando Scantrick interview that didn't go well. It was, it's not one of these like worthy of retweeting. It just was uncomfortable. He obviously wasn't in the mood to do it. Um, I do have a tendency. Like, I usually don't do. I don't believe in the classic sports radio, how are you, to start an interview. I usually ask with a substantive question because I don't want to waste his time. He don't waste my time. And, frankly, nobody who's listening, driving anywhere in America on our couple hundred affiliates or on Sirius XM Satellite Channel 83 actually care about how he's doing. They want to ask a question. Mm And so that was, again, that's even for me, that's a softer entryway into it with like your shoes. 
could have done the, these old things. And then I asked, how's camp going? And I wanted to ask camp this year to camp last year with your knee. Uh, and it just he just could never, never butt into it. What were you going to say? The point I was going to say was there's only so much that you can take to try to make it work. And then you try to stand up for what you believe in. And so then when you started to give it back a little, Apparently that wasn't good enough. Like you could only give him so many. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm moving on. I'm pressing delete, moving it over to my trash I'm box. I'm not. And, and Listen at FoxSportsRadio.com. Uh, no. uh, Brett, <laughs> Brett, Favre, Brett Favre says, obviously Aaron, being Aaron Rodgers, has carried the team for a long time. That's not going to change. That in and of itself is not enough. At least it hasn't been, and it's been pretty good. As good as he is, I would have thought they would have won more than one by now. But I don't think. If he can do anything else other than what he's done up to this point, it always seems like one piece of the puzzle is missing. Uh, you don't know what it is until you get it. Like Reggie White, you go, oh, that's what we needed. It remains to be seen what it is, whether it's draft pick, a free agent, letting somebody go, coaching change, I don't know. I, I think all the pieces, from what I can tell outside looking in, all the pieces seem to be in place. They're going to score a lot of points defensively. Dom Capers, I think he's excellent at making defense opportunistic. And may give up a little bit, but it's it's pretty crafty. Uh, it will be interesting to see. A bold prediction to me would be the Rams winning a Super Bowl. Not too bold to say the the Packers. That's not a popular choice, but it's being realistic. He was asked. Um, he even Rodgers doesn't think uh, doesn't get if Rodgers doesn't get one this year, he'll have time because he can play until he's forty. Why stop at forty? Favre said, retired at forty-one, but left the Packers just two months shy before he turned thirty-nine. In a trade with the Jets, he moves around as well as anybody in the game right now. That's big. The less you're hit, Tom Brady's a different player, but they'll protect him well enough. He's not going to scramble much, but I see no decline in Tom as he's getting older. It doesn't look like that. I think Aaron, what, Aaron is 33, barring any injury, and he knows how to protect himself. Six, seven years from now is a long time down the road, but there's no reason to see he couldn't play at a high level. I'm not going to say 43, 44. It's up to the individual. I don't see any decline in his game unless he doesn't want to play anymore. So, in summation, Favre's like, I can't believe they've won any, only one. Aaron Rodgers has been c- carrying the team. He paints the picture of Dom Capers' defense, not as being good, but opportunistic. In other words, they take a bunch of chances because they're not that good, and I think everybody knows that. And he thinks Aaron Rodgers can play as long as he wants because guys don't get hit anymore, and he's pretty smart and really good. He's not going to decline. So... Um, it's pretty similar, actually, to something Greg, Greg Jennings joined us yesterday, and even though Orlando Scandrick kind of brushed off Greg Jennings as being crummy and being on the couch last year. Uh, here's what Greg Jennings said about the Packers yesterday. My frustration is solely with upper management and how they go about it, because I get it. I know they have a system, but it has not – yes, did we win a championship? Absolutely. But it's like you're always one step behind a New England or a Seattle right. because these are teams that are willing to bring up throughout the through the draft. Well, with the exception of of New England, they kind of draft terribly at skill positions, but they supplement well and they they supplement in a play in a in a way to where it doesn't affect or impact their team because they have a culture already set that guys have to come into, and if you either embrace it or you don't. And Green Bay has that, but they don't use it. Um, look, so all everybody's saying kind of the same thing without saying the same thing, right? Everybody's saying, like, hey, look, Ted Thompson, 
dude, you got to go out and add some pieces. You got to spend some money, figure out a way. Um, everybody else goes out and adds pieces in the offseason. Even the New England Patriots have, have added pieces, and they're not adding pieces. Favre's like, I don't know if it's coaching change. I don't know if it's one player. I don't know if it's something. Jennings kind of saying the same, same thing. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Green Bay adds something or if that's, if that's what's needed. Like, look, I, I just I hate to be that guy that points out they should have beaten Seattle a couple years ago and they would have gone to a Super Bowl and probably could have won the Super Bowl. Last year, the defense was a disaster, and they still went to the NFC Championship game. My, my takeaways are this. I am right about saying Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Because everybody's saying the thing, I can't believe they went to only one. It's not on Aaron Rodgers. He's been awesome. The rest of his team missing some pieces. We're all talking around the fact that uh, something I said on Cowherd's show, and I hosted that. I'll be hosting that tomorrow. Something I said on this show time and again is, I'm not saying that Tom Brady is not awesome. He is. But Tom Brady is the most successful quarterback in the league. Aaron Rodgers is the best. And there's a little bit of what happened in Indianapolis. with, And this is, frankly, like Jim Ursay kind of got crushed for saying this, but it was, I can't believe we only, we only won one title with Peyton Manning. There's an expression in basketball, and I think it's shared in football, but I can't tell you that I know. Um, but it's a Larry Brown expression. Kevin O'Neill, who's on the Pac-12 Network, been a long time, uh, who's an NBA sure. coach. He's also a college Hard coach. He, said, he always says, like, hey, winning is hard. Right? Like, winning is really, really, really hard. The, the perfect example of that is something I've told you guys the whole time I've done a show, a solo show for 10 years. Best football team I've ever seen is the New England Patriots when they went undefeated in the regular season. That was a better team than the one last year, than the one that beat Seattle. Like, look, they should have lost to Seattle. They should have lost last year. The Atlanta Falcons were the better football team last year. The Atlanta team, Atlanta Falcons, foobarred that thing six ways, uh, six ways sideways. Right? They just did. They're up twenty-eight to three after arguably the greatest catch I've ever seen. Like Santonio Holmes in the end zone is probably the biggest great catch I can remember. But the Julio Jones one is the best Super Bowl catch I've ever seen. And it wasn't the luck of Ty- of David Tyree. David Tyree, a big catch, a game-changing catch, but not. Santonio Holmes and not as skillful as what Julio Jones did should have won them the game and they had to foobar it in order for it to to go sideways on it. But sometimes the best team doesn't win and they were the best team. And obviously the Giants got to him twice. Their offensive line was faulty and Brady when you get pressured is not the same quarterback. But I, I, I think we're all saying Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback. I think everybody's saying Ted Thompson's got to find a way to be inventive. And it does kind of lend itself to the idea of something that the Cowboys probably know very well is the best team doesn't always win. All right, Le'Veon Bell continues to hold out, and the team seems to be getting frustrated. I'll share with you how those frustrations have come out, plus Jason Garrett's going to speak in the background after we find out what's trending. If you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of your home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com today. 
Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from Dallas Cowboys camp. If you hear uh, talking in the background, it's going to be Jason Garrett, who's uh, conducting a live press conference. So we apologize for me having a loud voice and the proximity to Jason Garrett's press conference, which is taking place currently. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, of course, superstar running back, has uh, nothing to gain by holding out and is only hurting himself. That's per Kevin Colbert, who told the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Bell, who has not signed his franchise tender, can't be fined for his absence from training camp because he doesn't have a signed contract. He isn't permitted to receive a long-term contract this season because the deadline to do so for tag players passed July 17th. Colbert said, quote, my feeling is there's nothing to be gained by holding out. The situation won't change. It really can't change from our part on a long-term deal. So it hurts him not to be here. It hurts him because he's not working with his teammates. It hurts him from conditioning work he needs to have a great 2017 season. And he's not working with his teammates to get acclimated to the offense, which is different every year. Former Steelers running back D'Angelo Williams, who was Bell's teammate the past two seasons, disagreed with Colbert's take. Wow, that's really... Uh, wow, he really said that. Please explain to me how, because he gets back, he'll have the freshest body out there with his skill set. Hashtag wrong. That's D'Angelo Williams. Bell recently posted a Snapchat of videos himself working out in South Florida. He consulted with uh, elite footwork specialist Richard Whitford in Miami for a five-day stretch that ended this week. He worked on his quick twitch foot footwork. Uh, whether he does report, sign his franchise, and signs his franchise, whenever he signs his franchise tender, he gets $12.12 uh, million this season. He averaged 157 yards from, skim, from scrimmage. That's the third best clip of uh, uh, ever for a running back. Look, I mean, it's, it's a, you can make a very easy case that Le- Le'Veon Bell's the best running back in the league. It doesn't mean that no one's going to disagree with you. I mean, you know. Is he the best between the tackles? I mean, you could – Ezekiel Elliott's a guy that you could make the case is better between the tackles. Is he the best at catching the ball out of the backfield? You know, there's others who you could kind of point to like, all right, he might be a little bit better. He does everything well. He's also missed 14 games the past two years. And so while D'Angelo Williams is not wrong, like, look, do you really need to go to camp? You're just going to be tired, just going to be worn down. The idea of the offense is changing. Like, these guys have, but you do, you're, he, here's, I talked to an NFL GM yesterday, and he's like, look, the whole thing is this. Camp is still useful. Like, do you need to have game action? Probably not if you're Le'Veon Bell. But, they, and they'll just, they'll just say soft tissue injuries, right? Like, you want to protect yourself from soft tissue injuries? Pulling a hamstring, pulling a groin. The best way to do so is to get live practice reps and to get into the routine of being with your team. You know, and, and, and a, a key issue, while all these guys have workout guys and they can help you in the offseason, it's important to note that those quick twitch muscle specialists, those individual workout gurus, they're not working for a team for a reason. Sometimes it's because it's more profitable to do it on your own, but oftentimes it's because the best in the craft are working in the field. So I, I agree with, with the Steelers general manager. We get it, Le'Veon. You're pissed. You want a long-term contract. You think you've earned it. And, 
at so you have plenty of time to get back and to be in game shape, and you won't be as broken down by camp. But how many guys we have to see sit out because of holdouts and then get hurt soft tissue injuries to where you're like, it's probably not a good path to go on, especially if you've missed 14 games, injury suspension last two years. Dan Bailey's one of the elite kickers in the National Football League. But he's coming back from what he has said was a down year. How do you fix things as a kicker? What went wrong last year? What can go right this year? And what's it like to watch somebody else kick a game-winning field goal to end your season in your building? I'll ask him. He's going to join us next live from Cowboys Camp on the Doug Gottlieb Show. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com today. All right, this could not go any worse than the Orlando Scandrick interview went. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Just a couple Oklahoma State alums talking some football. Dan Bailey, who uh, won every award in college and was wildly considered, if not the best, right there along with probably Justin Tucker, the Ravens, the two best kickers in the National Football League, kind of to spend some time with us here, fresh off of uh, of training camp here at the Cowboys camp. Um, is it, was that fair? Like probably going into last year, like you and Justin Tucker are the two considered the two best in the league, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, Justin's a great talent, obviously. He had a great year last year and really every year. So, um, shoot, I don't know. I mean, I'll let you make that call, but uh, yeah. Oh, no, you're two guys to which it's like the it's the Steph Curry effect. We even said this with the Dodgers, which is like when you missed when you missed one, even when you missed one last year, you're like you're more surprised when you miss even a long field goal than when you make it. Right? Like it would, it it was surprising. But you've even said and percentage wise, you're coming off your worst year as a pro. Have you been able to figure out uh, through film or just through work what went wrong and what what needs to change? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like any anybody else, you know, at the end of the year and then through the off season, you're looking at the good and the bad. Obviously, uh, misses are bad for our position. So, yeah, you take a look at it, see what was wrong, what the situation was, you know, whether the operation was clean or not. Um, yeah, and just try to try to get it figured out. It's usually nothing crazy. Um, so, what was it? What was it? Because I mean, I you know, I mean, obviously, all reports from camp are you're kicking the ball really, really well. Yeah, no, I mean, camp's been going great. Um, yeah, just going back to last year. Um, you know, there were some longer kicks, so a little bit lower percentage kicks. Um, not that that's an excuse, but just tougher tougher conditions. You know, I had one in New York that I really I hit as good as I could, and it hit the crossbar. So, you know, kicks like that, I mean, yeah, you're disappointed, but you, you really did all you could at the at the time. So. You know, it's like, it's like in basketball when you miss a shot around and out. You're like, I actually shot that ball better than one that can clang in, right? The one that can – you bank one in, you're like, wait, that actually wasn't a well-shot ball, whereas you can shoot it perfectly, and it just doesn't go in because of luck, and that's what you're saying. I mean, like, it is – I, I do think one of the things – and sometimes that, that spider camera or whatever does it more justice. I don't think people understand just how precise – one, how small the goalposts are, but how precise in terms of clean – Everything has to be from the snap to the hold to the kick. I mean, it is a very quick and seamless operation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we take a lot of pride in that, but uh, we always have a conversation. It comes up every year about, you know, if you look at any other sport, you know, in basketball you have an alley-oop or, you know, in, in baseball you got a double play or anything like that that involves multiple people doing something at a, a pretty rapid rate. And, uh, you know, we, we're shooting for snap hold to kick in 1.3 seconds or around there, 1.25. So, you know, if you look at other sports, there's not too many things where it involves three people in 1.3 seconds 
and it has to be precision every time. So we take some pride in that. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, but, you know, those guys are dialed in on their job and makes my job a lot easier. Dan Bailey joining us, kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. Doug Gottlieb, show Fox Sports Radio Live from Cowboys Camp. Um, okay, so uh, we watch at home, and, like, again, you're just amazed by the precision, but I want to know kind of routine. So you trot out there, and you mentioned, like, look, anybody, once you – 40 and in NFL kickers, you guys are incredible. Like, the percentage rates are incredible. How much has changed since the PAT was moved back? Because from a fan side, like, I think that's the greatest rule change in NFL history, because it it went from giving away a point like it was a ninety nine point nine percent shot. You guys will never miss that. To now where there's a little bit of question to it. It's like ninety seven percent to ninety four, depending on the team. Whatever. It's a little bit of question to it. From your perspective, uh, what do you think of that rule change now? A couple years in. Yeah, I mean, initially I was a little, uh, I was I wasn't that much of a fan of it. Yeah. Obviously, just because nobody likes change to an extent, but. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good. It, you know, coming from my perspective, it's really more of a mental challenge because, like you said, um, you know, before it's not like you were going through the motions, but to an extent, you just go out there and I mean, you just kick it straight. It's ten yard, twenty yards away, and it is pretty much a gimme. But right. now, you know, it's a little bit more of a challenge, especially you get later in the year, it gets colder, playing up in the Northeast or wherever there might be a little bit of weather. You know, all that stuff factors into it, and all of a sudden, a thirty-three yard field goal, yeah, it's short, but um, you know, it's a little bit more of a challenge. And and, and a, the mental side of it is you can have f- kicks worth three points that are shorter than that. Right. So you have to understand that all the points are important. It doesn't matter whether whether it's worth one as an extra point or uh, three with a field goal. You just have to go out there and, and do the same thing every time. Dan Bailey joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, so so they you, you go and you're kicking a field goal, okay? It's a 45-yarder. What What is the routine? You're trotting onto the field. What is the mental routine? What's actually going on upstairs? Yeah, so um, you know, mostly anytime we get past the fifty, I'm I'm kind of I'm locking in. I'm I'm paying attention to the game, down and distance, where we're at, how much time, timeouts, all that stuff, and uh, just trying to get a good feel for for where we're at, and and trying to just stay in the game and and keep your mind off of not necessarily or keep your mind off of the pressure of the situation. And uh, yeah. so, how do you do? How, but how do you do that? Like that sounds really great, but like how do you? <laughs> You know, I mean, you got a game-winning kick, and uh, and based upon your percentage, people are like money in the bank, money in the bank, because he's able to. Like, how do you actually do that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just taking the pressure off yourself. Um, like I said, just keeping your mind going with something else. You know, where we're at on the field, where what hash are we on? You know, what's the wind doing? What am I going to need to know before I get out there? So that way, when you get out there. Um, you already know what's going on. You know where the wind's coming from. You know what the weather what the weather is. You've you've already done the operation on the sideline. You know had some kicks in the net and stuff like that, and you just go out there and execute. Um, what's it like to be on the sideline and watch somebody else? I don't want to say live your dream, um, but you know any, anybody's dream is obviously to go to Super Bowl win or win game winning kick in the Super Bowl. But you're playing the Packers, and with a, just a spectacular throw and catch, the Packers get a game winning field goal to beat you in your place. But as a great kicker and somebody who wants that pressure what's it like to see somebody else end your season that way it's not good <laughs> it's not good um obviously you know mason uh, me and him are are, are uh, good buddies and you know, i'm happy for him personally but definitely in that situation um you know i i wouldn't say i want him to miss but i don't i don't want him to make it so 
it's not it's nothing personal it's just more of a collective team thing i would rather have our team win than uh, than his and of course uh you know some people point to jason garrett and spiking the football 35 seconds leaving too much time kind of on the clock right like that's a, and that's what led to having enough time to kick that field goal right yeah i mean you know if you go back and do that you know a hundred times you could probably do it a hundred different ways and it's just one of those things in the moment, in the situation, you, you, you manage the situation as best you can and, and give your team a chance. I thought we did that. You know, we, we tied it up there at the end. And, you know, credit to, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's that's a one in a million throw right there. I mean, I don't know that too many other guys in the league can do that. And um, obviously a good kick by Mason. So, yeah, it hurts. But, uh, you know, if it was flipped around, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be in that situation. And, uh and have us going to the NFC Championship. Truth be told, what's the, what's the furthest you ever kick one from? Uh, back at Valley Ranch, we, you know, it would get uh, we did get a little breeze out there. We hit from like sixty nine, seventy a few times, um, but I don't really, I don't, I don't back it up too much, too too often. I just, I'd rather just uh, try to stay as consistent. Right, you're more, you're more about accuracy, right, than yep. you are about just you know, trying to kind of boom in leg thing, right? And it's, it feels a little bit like free throw shooting or whatever, to where it's better to see it go through the goalpost. Than it is to show to to one in five it you know from seventy yards out. Is that a fair comparison? Absolutely, yeah. Dan yeah. Bailey joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. I'll ask the one of the questions that Orlando Scandrick didn't want to answer. Um, does it feel any different this year? Like you've been this is you're not your first rodeo. You're a vet. You've been through the the camps where teams have done well, where teams have done poorly. Uh, does this year feel different in any way from previous ones? Uh, it definitely feels feels different, yeah. I mean, last year, you know, we were coming off a, a pretty bad year, four and twelve, and I mean, you know, the the personal expectation was always high, but you know, you, you just you're you're really trying to change your identity from the year before because you don't want to be you don't want to be that four and twelve team. You want to be something better. So, um, you know, now that we had some success last year, um, sure, absolutely, the the expectation within the locker room is high, and you know, we've got we've got Dak and Zeke and all these young guys that are playing at a really high level, which is exciting. Um, you know, when I first got here, it was, it was very much a veteran locker room. Now we're really young. So it's it's fun to have that youth in there. I mean, not that I'm old, but okay. <laughs> but uh, it's fun to have that youth in there and kind of a different energy and, and a lot more excitement. Last thing, we got about uh, a minute left. You're, you're also a very good golfer. And I'm just wondering, for the average duffer out there, uh, what's harder, like a putt to win your buddy's money on a Sunday or a field goal to win a game for you? For me, it would have to it would have to be a putt for sure. I, I, to me, the comfort- like, can't you use the same process of like tuning everything out? Like you're just telling me about how like I don't know, you just kind of eliminate pressure. You go out there, you kick a field goal. Like all of us are like, I'd be freaking out. Can't you just use the same process with a putter? You would think so. Yeah, I wish it was that easy because I'd I'd be I'd have a few more bucks in the pocket on the golf course. But uh, yeah, no, I mean I'm much more comfortable on the football field than I am uh, on the greens. Even though you know I can I can swing it pretty good here and there, but. Um, yeah, I'd rather have the pressure of the of the NFL game than a than a putt. All right, no, not high expectations, but we expect you to make every field goal this year for the Dallas Cowboys. That's it. That's that's pretty much it. We expect you to make every one, and if you don't, even if it's a crossfire, even if you get a gust from the gods at the very last second, uh, that that's on you. That's on your process, not on the result. Dan Bailey, of course, we kid. We appreciate you joining us, and without any question, it would not be the worst interview of the day here live from from Cowboys camp. Uh, we're bust, we're just busting chops from Orlando Skandrick. Um, if you watched the game last night, did you watch the game last night? Yeah. All right. If you watched the game last night, something you should know about Deshaun Watson and as people are putting him in as a future Hall of Famer. We'll pump the brakes next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports. 
Radio. All right, so we're one and two, right? Or one and one? What? One and one. One win, one, one loss. Orlando Scandrick, Dan Bailey joined us uh, earlier on the show. Uh, if you go back on our, um, you all right there, Ramos? What's going on with the music kind of going up and going down? Ramos I like to fill the spaces, drinking. man. You like to fill the spaces? Yeah, right. with Ramos some good music drinking. that we got rocking. No, no, no bitterness at all, and Ramos not getting invited out to Oxnard <laughs> Cowboys. Oh, he's, a, he's a Rams guy, and the Rams play the Cowboys at the L.A. Coliseum this weekend on Saturday. You going, you going Ramos? No, I will not make it. I have soccer, uh, initial soccer day on Saturday. That's good. Initial, initial soccer day? Yes, it's where well, all, I, you, I, all the teams get together, and they, you, pick, you, know, you find out what team your kids are on, stuff like that. So it's like the draft. You have yeah, like the kind of, well, draft. kind of, yeah. Is it a snake draft or is it straight? <laughs> anyway, I'm, 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 I'll take Sarah first if that's. <laughs> yes, I'll take, I'll take somebody named Sarah. Are there still girls named Sarah? That's right? my daughter, Sarah. Sarah. Oh, you have a sick dude. You went biblical. That's nice. Now, are there Jennifers anymore? Does anybody go Jennifer? They're, they just don't, they don't go. Uh, everybody has a different. What's the, what's the most uh, 2017 name you've ever coached before? Like, I've I've heard of I've heard of kids named obviously Apple. I've heard of Jemima. I swear. There's I have a friend who uh, has kids in preschool, and there's a there's a a, kid, a daughter named Jemima in there. Uh, what's the what's the what's the most unique name that you have coached, John Ramos? Uh, well, we called her Z, but her name was Zitza Zitzolotl. I I never said her name because it was so hard to say. I just called you her didn't Z. Didn't know her name. <laughs> You call her Z. I'm gonna call you Z. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Dan. I have a I have a friend who named her daughter Seattle. Seattle. I mean, like, dude, don't laugh. You like Seattle. You like the Seahawks hey, no. as much as anybody. Minneapolis is a great city. I'm not naming my kid <laughs> Minneapolis. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, look, we went with uh, Harper, Grace, and Hayes. Harper, Grace, and Hayes. Actually, that's his middle name. Uh, Sam Samuel was his first name. No Tulsa. That uh, didn't work we out. We did not do Tulsa. No. We did not do Drumright. We did not do Oak Grove. We did not do Durant, Durant, Oklahoma. Durant, Oklahoma. Uh, it's not Durant. It's Durant. Uh, we did not do Yale. Uh, but like, look. I mean, sometimes they're family names, or sometimes the city you met in. You know, maybe Sleep is in Seattle might have been their favorite movie. Sure. I don't know. Here's my general uh, naming principles. Okay, take Bob, and take Wolfgang, and meet somewhere in the middle. Right, <laughs> Bob, Wolfgang. But I do like the fact that my boy John John Ramos went biblical and went Sarah. Are all your kids named biblical names? Uh, well, actually, Sarah is named after Triceratops from the movie Land Before Time. Are uh, you serious? Yes. Or are you messing with me? No, I'm not Spelled messing that with way you too, right? Yeah, it's C E R A for Sarah for Triceratops. And Lucas is named after George Lucas from Star Lucas, Wars because you're a big Star Wars. That's guy. right. You yeah. did not. You chose not to name your kid Yoda, huh? No. <laughs> when they come out. Because i got to point out, with the exception of being green, most kids come out looking like Yoda. Yeah. And you want them to eventually, you know, be strong with the Force like Luke, right? Or maybe have a little Han Solo. You didn't, you didn't think of Han? Like, Han would have been a money name. Yeah, no, I, I wanted Lucas, so. John actually made out with his wife uh, listening to Jefferson Starship Sarah. <laughs> and that's why they named their first daughter Sarah. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> interesting, 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 interesting. Uh, you know what else is interesting? Did you guys watch preseason football last night? I know, John, you have kids at home. Uh, Ryan Music, you went home, uh, or you went to your girl's house, the Living in Sin thing, and that where you stayed last night? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the preseason game? I did. 
Well, how much of it? About the first half. I watched the entire thing. I watched the. I'm. I'm. I mean, my kids aren't in town. My wife's <laughs> going to pick them up, so I'll. I'll admit. I watched the entire thing. I'm not bragging. That's actually. That's one of those things I would only divulge to you guys. But I'm not really proud of it. You know, like, your, mic, I didn't you have know any, your mic's on. Right? Yeah, I didn't have any, <laughs> I didn't have anything else to do last night. I sat there. I was like, I'm watching football. I have not watched an entire game. And anyway, uh, uh, and uh, just so you know, like, do you know who the backup? I think he's the third. You know, the third string quarterback of the of the Carolina Panthers is. I do not. Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Remember from Minnesota Vikings fame. He started when Brett Favre, he was the quarterback that replaced Brett Favre when Brett Favre finally got hurt and his, the start streak ended. That was Joe Webb. Joe Webb, Derek Anderson still, how long has Derek Anderson been a backup quarterback in the league? I was like, that's right, Derek Anderson's still there. Oregon State still collecting checks. I got a great Derek Anderson story for you. A friend of mine coached him in the NFL, and he's like, if Derek Anderson is a spot starter, and you, you watch, he'll never be named the starter until Thursday. Because if you tell him on a Monday he's a starter, he's just a nervous wreck, and he's terrible that weekend. <laughs> so if you tell him at the last possible moment, that's actually when he's pretty good. Why don't did you just tell him on the way out of the tunnel? Did you? Did you? <laughs> hey, by, the, hey, by the way, kid, you're starting. Go uh, get under no, center. They, they did that last year, remember, in Th- Seattle. That's why they yeah. did it. <laughs> remember, because Cam got benched? That's why they did it. That's awesome. Because if you tell and, – and he was terrible. He, he threw the interception on the first possession. But it wasn't, it wasn't his fault, right? Didn't he hit him in the numbers and it popped it, him? Put it this way. It was five yards away, and he threw it about 80 miles per hour. <laughs> so that, that, like, he was jacked up. When I, when I, for I, me to you right now, if you threw it for all of your might at me, that's what Derek Anderson did. And, and the perfect example of, like, Joe Webb was good last night, right? Derek Anderson was good last night. Did you, so did you watch? I watched, the, I watched some of Watson, and then at, at halftime I How was tuned Watson? out. I thought that he was all right, but he needs to realize that if he would play in an NFL game, he would get killed. There was a throw that he overthrew a guy rolling out to the right. You got to protect. Like he would have been the one to the left, where it was right around when he overthrew in, in the end zone. Is no, the no, this was when actually they, they were in their own territory. But uh, then I, I saw his touchdown. Yeah, run. I even thought yeah. on his touchdown run, it looked like if like Earl Thomas it, it was looked there, like, so they looked like they let up waiting yeah. on the goal yeah, line. He would have been his head would have got taken uh, off. Okay, so I want it was all to repeat after me. Okay, all all Ramos, Bayer, music. I want you to repeat after me. And if you're listening at home, you're listening on the iHeart app. You're listening on one of our hundreds of affiliates, including. In Texas, where in Texas these guys are? Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas, listen to us. I want you to repeat after me. Ready? Okay? The preseason means nothing. The preseason means nothing. The preseason means nothing. The preseason means nothing. One more time. The preseason means nothing. The preseason means nothing. Right. Okay? So as long as we operate under that, because I know that we like to believe. Oh, I, could, I saw this. Watson can start right now, and Houston, start him right away. He's ready. Like, how many times have we seen it and said it, and it hasn't worked? It doesn't mean it, it hasn't always worked, okay? But like, if you actually watched last night, like, Tom Savage was good, too, going against the first-team defense from the Carolina Panthers as opposed to the seconds and the thirds. Um, but let's not take away from whatever, all the good you saw from Deshaun Watson. It's just the preseason. Achilles Smith had good preseason games. He did. Go back and look. Um, I think, you know, people – I heard – I was listening earlier today, and uh, Clay Travis was just crushing – was just absolutely crushing um, the Jacksonville Jaguars and their hopes to finally make it, you know, to the playoffs. And he was like, look, my whole thing is you have – you know what you don't have 
at quarterback, right? So tank this year, and you'll be fine in years to come, right? And you can go and you can go and get a legit quarterback like that. That was his take, which I would now. I, look, I don't think Blake Bortles is great, but I also think the Carolina Panthers drafted well for long enough. They have a talented enough defense. You bring in Leonard Fournette. You seem to you went out and signed some big name free agents, and Bortles is not terrible. But but the big point is like. Blake Bortles was great in the preseason right away, and it caused people, if you remember back, Jacksonville wanted to redshirt him, not play him the entire season. The reason they played him was because he was so good in the preseason that they fooled themselves into thinking he was ready in year one, and he was not ready in year one. And so back to the premise of it is the preseason means nothing. Don't allow it to so shade you into the you got to play right now. It's just a preseason game, and most of those guys won't be on NFL teams. And remember, this year, unlike previous years, there are 90 guys on the roster all the way up until final cuts. There's no mid-training camp cut down to 75 guys before they get to the 53. There's 90, and so there's a good chance if you're in in the second half of a game, you're going against 70 through 90 on the defensive side of the ball, and 70 through 90 are going to be watching just as many NFL games this year as you and I are. Mark Schlereth joins us upcoming next. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. Huh? Oh, my bad. Mark Schlereth's not joining us. You'll hear from Mark Schlereth as he knows exactly how to make the Broncos a Super Bowl contender. Uh, We'll play for you what the Fox said upcoming next. If you're looking to sell your car, there's now a new, better way to do it with True Car. It's fast, it's easy, it's the best way to price your car from the comfort of your home. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from Dallas Cowboys Camp. How about them Cowboys? Um, I actually haven't given you my take on the Cowboys. I want to do so actually right now before we kind of get into uh, again, we call what did the Fox say? It's I have said this um, before, but I think it's really important to reiterate. When you're raising kids, when you're raising kids, what's the toughest age to raise kids when they're when they're when they're babies? Um, I, you know, I'll I'll ask you, uh, Dan Dan Byer. I thought three. You thought three. Yes, we had this discussion a little bit before. You you thought three. Yeah. I, I, I would have. I would. I'm surprised because um, I always thought, I always thought that people who didn't have kids thought it was two because it's the terrible twos, right? Haven't yeah. you, you've heard of the terrible twos before, haven't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, I look at the terrible twos, and I compare the terrible twos to a rookie starting quarterback. Right? Okay. Because if I if I sold you like what's the toughest what what's the hardest thing to have in the NFL and be successful, especially if it's a backup, but a rookie starting quarterback. If I said that, would you say that sounds about right? Right. Like a rookie starting quarterback is really, really hard to have and see success with in the NFL. Yeah. The perfect example is as good as Dak Prescott was last year. He didn't even win a playoff game. There's never been a rookie quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I don't believe. Like even Tom Brady, when he won, it was more based on their defense. He was a second-year quarterback, not his rookie-year quarterback. 
But if I were to tell you that the toughest one, to, toughest kind of quarterback to have, toughest is a, a rookie starting quarterback. Is that fair? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I, I look at it like this. A rookie starting quarterback is a lot like um, people who raise kids. You say, well, or who don't have kids. What's the toughest age to raise kids? Two-year-olds. Terrible twos. When the truth is that a three-year-old in many ways is tougher, and I'll tell you why. Um, first is the level of expectation. That's really, really important. You have low expectations of a two-year-old. You're expecting fits, <laughs> right? They're, you're expecting them not to be potty trained. They're not going to preschool yet. They're going to have meltdowns, and you're going to write it off to, he's two, right? He's two. Yeah. Um, they, they've learned to walk, they've learned to talk, but they're not that skillful at it. Like when they, so when they hurt themselves, you still feel sympathy for them. When they get to three, many of them still aren't potty trained. They're still just three years old. I mean, they're still knee high, right? They're, they're more mentally, emotionally developed, but they're still just three and they're still your baby. And yet because no one mentioned to you when you were first having kids, hey, three years old is many ways is tougher than two years old. Like, when they're three, you have greater expectations of them. They go from crib to big boy or big girl bed. Oftentimes, they start preschool. A lot of times, like once when they're two and into their three, you cut down, you cut down off a nap. And anybody who's ever lived having a nap, you know you cut off that nap and then you become cranky. I mean, that's really the difference between being a child and being an adult is when you're an adult, you would never turn down a nap. No adult in the world would ever go like, hey, you feel like a nap? Like, no, thanks. <laughs> right? oh, Do- I'm doesn't good. happen. I'm good. Right? Like, I've said this all the time. Like, adults will actually order vegetables off the menu. Adults all point inwards, whereas kids point outwards. It's always somebody else's fault. But more than anything, adults will never turn down a nap. That's how you know if you're an adult. Um, but when you're three, there's no more napping. No more midday nap. No more siesta, unless, like, you're in Spain or whatever. Um, and so once they get to, they call it the witching hour, like 6, 7 o'clock at night, kids are terrorists, right? I mean, they're worse than al-Qaeda. Um, they, they're still moving from big boy bed to big girl bed. And once they're in a bed, now they're up and they're mobile and they're in your room at all hours of the night, early in the morning, right? you got to put a lock on the door. Sometimes people lock their kids in their room when they get to the because they, and they're, like, scratching and clawing like an animal <laughs> to get out of there. Like, no, this is really what's best for you. Raising a three-year-old in many ways, because of your expectations, is harder than raising a two-year-old. It's a lot like a second-year quarterback. Dak Prescott had a, tr- a great first year, but they didn't give him the whole playbook, and there was no expectations for him. He was just holding the thing together for Tony Romo. Now he might not have... He might not have his running back for the start of the season. He does have greater expectations. Remember, uh, Doug Free retired at right tackle. So the move in Lyle Collins, who's struggling with the move from guard to tackle, they're going to have basically two, two new offensive yeah, linemen. Yeah, Ronald Leary left for Denver. So, and, yeah. and so they, now they have to, they're still trying to find a new left guard. I'm not saying that there's not uh, rightful expectations of the Cowboys, but also the Cowboys play a first-place schedule. Have you seen how they open the season? They open the season against the Giants, who always give them. Then they go to Denver, take on the Broncos. Your offensive line better be ready when you're on uh, when you're taking on the Denver Broncos at home on the 17th. That that defense is amazing. In altitude on the road, 
I don't care if Denver hasn't figured out their quarterback situation. Their defense is sick. Then you go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, a place where it's like the Cowboys home away from home. But it's still the Cardinals on the road, two of their first three on the road. Then home to the Rams, who I don't know if they have an offense, but their defensive line pretty good. They can shorten the game. Packers at home, team that eliminated you from the playoffs. Like, if you look at their schedule this year, out of their division, they go to Denver. That's a playoff team. They go to Atlanta, team that went to the Super Bowl and, uh, and was the a- NFC's representative. They go to the Raiders, who late, late in the year, Raiders went to the playoffs, and the Ra- Ra- Raiders' expectations are to be even better. Like Those are their out-of-division co- out road games. Their schedule is a beast. The expectations are higher. The schedule is more difficult. You're giving Dak Prescott more of the playbook just like you're putting him from a crib to a big boy bed and expecting him to to be great. And end of the day, Dak Prescott has only started 17 games. Like, he, he has experience, but not that much experience. And I think oftentimes a second-year quarterback is harder to raise or to, 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 under, to go through than a first-year quarterback. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. And winning cures everything. Because it was evident last year, think of the drama that if if with the Dallas Cowboys, if there was any other quarterback quandary or somewhat you know d- discussion on who should start, when you're winning, it makes the decision a little bit. Actually, it makes it a lot easier. And any distraction that could pop up is actually pushed aside because you're winning. Totally. So when you don't I, win. I, look, I, still thought, five I, by 10. I still thought Romo was the right guy. I thought Romo gave them a better chance to win a Super Bowl. And if you go back and watch that game against Green Bay, remember, it's, it was a terrible Green Bay defense. Matt Ryan completely shredded it, and he struggled early against it, some because he was tight. I know the numbers end up three touchdowns, one interception. He bounced back and had a good second, uh, second half um, against, against Green Bay. But he was not great early, and Green Bay's defense was terrible at the end of the year. Let's play What Did the Fox Say? And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? So every day on the Doug Gottlieb Show, we try and play for you a portion of a show earlier today on Fox Sports, Fox Sports Radio, uh, whether it's Clay Travis, whether it's The Undisputed, which is a TV and a radio show, or Dan Patrick, or Colin Cowherd. This comes from The Undisputed, uh, which is Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, Joy Taylor, and in this particular case, Fox Sports NFL analyst and three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth offered up his fix to the Denver Broncos talented quarterbacks you know how they play they play from the neck down their default mechanism when things go awry is to use athleticism and the untalented guys oftentimes play from the neck up and that's where you have to play the quarterback position Mm -hmm. at you look at trevor simmon he's far more advanced paxton lynch is coming from a system where they had a card on the sideline you know it had a fire truck a dog and a chicken on it you know we're gonna run fire dog chicken Mm -hmm. that's what we're running right now you never had a call play you play from the shotgun the entire time and talking to the coaching staff they're sitting there saying hey listen Paxton great athlete unbelievable potential but after that first read he's lost he doesn't know where to go with the football and that's a big problem Trevor doesn't have that problem not as talented understands the offense but that's where they sit right now and I think they're looking at themselves going we have a chance to win this division if you took any other quarterback in that division whether it was Alex Smith Derek Carr whether it was Philip Rivers and put it on the Denver Broncos we'd be saying Super Bowl team They, they, they beat the Patriots um, they beat the Patriots, is what you heard from Shannon Sharp. 
like the, you can't mush two guys together. But if you could mush the arm talent and athletic ability of Paxton Lynch with the brain of Trevor Simeon, who's actually a really good athlete but doesn't play like a really good athlete, uh, you would have – and he has a very, very good arm but sometimes doesn't use it. You would have a, you would have a tremendous quarterback. It leads me to believe that while it might – while just because John Elway says it's fake news, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like fake news that they're thinking about bringing in another quarterback. Remember, they were they were talked about in the in the Tony Romo sweepstakes. Uh, there they there was you go back to last year and they wanted to bring in Colin Kaepernick, and now there's talk of them going out and getting AJ McCarron from the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the 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 interesting thing about the Broncos is this: they won a Super Bowl without a quarterback. Right? I know that Peyton Manning was technically the starting quarterback. He was terrible. It, it, it's sacrilege to say so in open discussion, but I'm going to say it. He threw nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and his arm was completely shot. He was awful in the Super Bowl. Go back and watch. Remember, they had a kick return touchdown. The defense completely dominated the game. He, he couldn't. He, he, had to anticipatory throw, he had to anticipate throws that were going to be open because his brain was great, but his arm was awful. It just was bad. I mean, he limped his way to the finish line. It it kind of shows you where Trevor Simeon actually is, that as as much as he struggled at times last year, he couldn't get them over the uh, over the threshold. Remember, he got hurt last year as well. Um, because technically, he was better. He was a lot better than Peyton Manning in his last year. And so the thinking in Denver is, if we can just be a little bit better. Remember, they didn't even have a seven-hard-new-yard rusher last year. Devontae Booker was like 612 yards. C.J. Anderson, only four. They couldn't run it. They couldn't throw it. And their defense was good, but not what it was the year before. Uh, fascinating to see what the, what the Broncos do. They, they're, you know, their offensive line was an epic and complete disaster last year. Some of it was, an injury, was, was injury problems, but... I don't think it's as much fake news as John Elway is leading to you believe that if if uh, if Mark Slareth is saying that Paxton Lynch can't read a defense, and we know what Trevor Simeon's ceiling is, he's fine. He's probably going to be a really good backup for a long time, right? He's he might as well be Trevor Trevor McCown, right? Feels like a McCown brother. Then it's not crazy to think they should reach out and get it, fix the quarterback situation. Yes, Ryan Music. Which of the teams since last season, both teams that were in the Super Bowl the previous year, the Panthers and the Broncos, both had down years. The Panthers were much worse than the Broncos. But which of those two teams do you think this year has the best chance to get back to where they once were a few seasons ago? Because with the Panthers last year, it kind of just seemed like the season snowballed away from them. Like they just got off to a rough start. But remember, the they defense... had a, they had a terrible start two years ago too. It, it almost and, and they had an easy schedule last year, uh, the, two years ago. So three years ago, they had an, they got off to an awful start. Cam had the Cam got in the accident, and then he came back and they made the run at the end of the season to make the playoffs. I think below five hundred, right? Uh, was that that year? Yeah, somewhere they were seven, eight, and one. I think that year or around where they beat. Arizona was that the year? Am I thinking, or am I going too far well, back? Well, but anyway, I, I think we're thinking the same thing. Okay. Which team is more likely? I think Denver's more likely. The, the difference is Denver's in a better division. I don't know. They're both in good divisions. I think Tampa's on the way up. Remember, uh, Denver also lost the guy that you talked about so highly of on Monday in Wade Phillips. Okay, so now you're bringing in a whole new coaching staff with Vance Joseph, Mike McCoy now taking over the offense. 
So there's some change there. Denver interior-wise on both the offensive and defensive line were not good. We, we You talk about Von Miller all you want. Teams were able to run it at them. Carolina on the flip side, for as good as Denver's secondary is, Carolina really doesn't have one with Josh Norman gone. Um, but, I, but you know, again, it, Luke I, Keek, uh, I, if Luke Keekley's healthy, they're really good up front. Um, I'd go with I, Denver to weigh in. I just What about Denver's offense excites you at all? I think they did address the offensive line. Remember last year they tried to bring in Russell Okun for a year. That didn't work out. Yep. I mentioned Ronald Leary earlier. Um, if you could get C.J. Anderson, who was the only bright spot in that Super Bowl offensively for Denver to, to get going, and you've got Jamal Charles there now, and I know Devontae Booker's had some health issues, but I do think that they're, Denver is set up better for the talent that they have got at their different spots on defense. It'll just be interesting to see how Vance Joseph and his defense translates from what they did under Wade Phillips. Well, look, I'll, I'll tell you the key to Denver. And I don't like playing the schedule game, but the schedule game, if they can't get off to a hot start, and I know they play good teams, they open with the Rams at home. Then they have the Cowboys at home. They go to Buffalo, but they go to Buffalo early in the year, and Buffalo hasn't been – they have the longest stretch of not being in the playoffs of any team in the NFL. I, I don't bring, only bring that up because, like, again, you're, seeing, you're, you're a team that, that wants a challenge for a Super Bowl. You can go in there and mash them early and take away their thunder very early in the season. Then you have Oakland at home and the Giants at home. The, 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 they have a weird schedule in that four of their first five games are all at home. And then after that, they have five of seven. Matter of fact, they have seven of nine on the road. And uh, Denver, a team that is built to play in altitude, built to play, you know, built to, to get a lead and to play to that defense, I don't see it from Denver. I just I don't see the offense. Um, I don't see the running game. And I'm, I'm with Slareth, though. Like, they don't have a – you don't have a quarterback? What do we learn? Like, you can only do so much – I know they won a Super Bowl without the arm of a quarterback, but they had the, the brain of a quarterback, and the defense was so much better. And remember, back then, the, the Chargers were a disaster, even though the Chargers beat them that year. Uh, the, nobody's ever believed in the Chiefs, but that was, I think that was a down year for the Chiefs. And the Oakland Raiders were bad back then. Now the Raiders are up. Yeah. The Chiefs are loaded. And I think the Chargers are an improved team. They lost a bunch of games they should have won. I'm not as big a buyer, especially because of that schedule. It is crazy the run they have of road games, uh, where it's seven of ten games on the road after four of the first five at home. Do we finally have an answer about Ezekiel Elliott's possible suspension? Find out when we find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from Dallas Cowboys camp. It's in Oxnard, California. Uh, Oxnard's a cool place, man. Kind of underrated, under-the-radar type of spot where you can go to the beach. It's not crazy expensive. You can stay up in Ventura. It's like halfway in between L.A. and Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara is heavenly, although Santa Barbara is crazy expensive. Like, you get to Montecito. Uh, it's like one of the most expensive places on earth, but a beautiful place. So you get some of the eucalyptus trees and some of that sea air and temperate climate of Santa Barbara and not the hustle and bustle of L.A., like kind of an underrated spot. It's literally cool. Wow. Right? I mean, it literally, is. Yeah, the temperature. Yeah. Yes. No, it is. It's, uh, that's Dan Beyer, by the way. He'll be here all week. Try the veal. Let's get to the press. The press. Beyer be. 
<laughs> All right, Doug. Hey, let's let's start out at Cowboy Camp, okay? If you missed it earlier, we had Orlando Scandrick on. Take me through the camp so far. Uh, it's been going good. You know, it's been an uphill battle. I'm grinding, trying to get better, trying to be the best I can for this team. Oh, come on. You're giving me the all. I'm trying to. Are we getting better one game at a time, one practice at a time? I mean, how? You can't get better two games at a time. You can only play one at a time. I, 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 I. You I, must never play. Huh? I did play. Was this the high point of the interview? Uh, it actually was. <laughs> he was giving me the cliche answer, though, right? He was going one practice at a time, one game at a time. Like, I get that you're technically correct, but, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, no. really? That, that, that's actually as good? You, that you was sh- as good as it got. At least he was engaged in, that, in those, those answers. You should have you, you should earned a medal for that. For I give you a lot of credit. You, you tried to keep that boat afloat. Um, we'll see how the Cowboys float with or without Ezekiel Elliott because there's a report from the NFL Network that says a decision on Elliott's status, whether he would face a suspension or not, could come down as soon as Friday. That from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Could come down as soon as Friday. So what we're all saying is Chris Carter does have good sources. Like he said in the next couple of days. Yeah. And it seems to come down on Friday. And by the way, there wouldn't be news on an Ezekiel Elliott suspension unless he was getting suspended. Correct. Yes, very. Like this, this is, these are deductions that I'm making in my mind. Right? Like the things I say, like nobody, gets, nobody goes and gets a second opinion if it's good mm. news. Right? Mm. There's no announcement on a suspension unless there's a suspension. Right. And by the way, the Cowboys have picked up extra backs for uh, for the preseason. So I mean, like there has to be a reason that the Dallas Cowboys have loaded up on on running backs. <clears throat> Remember, they have Ronnie Hillman, Darren McFadden to go along with Alfred Morris. Um, so the the guess would be that you want to take away some of those practice reps from Darren McFadden because he breaks down. Breaks down like a Jaguar, you know? I wouldn't know. I don't own a Jaguar. I don't own a Jaguar either, but I've I've heard. You know, I've heard the same thing. John Ramos does, and he can attest to that. Hey, an update from golf, PGA Championship. We are on Grand Slam watch this weekend, Doug. I don't know. You're talking about career Grand Slam watch, Yes, for for Jordan Spieth. He is at plus one, five shots back of the lead. Right now, after one round of play, at least for Jordan Spieth, uh, at the PGA Championship. Players still on the course, but Thorborn Olsen right now, the leader at four under par. But when you asked me last night, did I watch the preseason game between the Texans and Panthers, I was doing a lot of live from the PGA Championship on the Golf Channel, and all week long it's been Spieth, Spieth, and Spieth, and Jordan is now five back. Rory McIlroy, by the way, three shots back of the lead. He's yeah, on the course. I, and Rory was, was the favorite at the course. Yeah. And I think you're seeing why it does set up a little bit better to his game. Uh, as good as he was, did you see the start for Bubba Watson? Um, I saw a lot of not red numbers. They were black numbers. Right. Uh, Bubba starts out uh, bogey, par, bogey, bogey. What does that mean? On his first three holes. Um, he ended up with nine bogeys on the day. Uh, that is... Um, that's a good way to fire up that jet on a Friday afternoon and get yourself home. I don't think that Bubba is going to make it to the weekend. USA Today says that NBA owners are expected to approve guidelines that will penalize teams for resting players in the 2017-2018 season. Those penalties, Doug, will be approved by owners in September. The report, though, doesn't say what those penalties are, but likely that teams will face penalties if they rest their good guys. Yeah, I wow. would say the first penalty will be a lot like um, – do you remember when Dr. Evil scolded Mini-Me in Austin Powers 2? 
don't you ever do that again, Mini Me? Right? Yes, yes. I think that's going to be the that's going to be the first punishment, right? It's going to be really hard to try. I know they're going to try really hard. Like, look, they're and if you if you read some of what's coming out, it's a reaction to the fact that the NBA's partners, Turner, ESPN, paid all this money, and now they're not getting return on their investment. It's not just that the, the people aren't watching. When you're not showing up, you're showing disdain for your partnership, and that is not good. Like, hey, look, in our business, you got to be engaged with your partners, and um, if you agreed to make an appearance for any of the sh- show sponsors, if you ag- agreed to, or if they come by your show, you have to look them in the eye, know their name, know what they're about, know that your partnership shake them. Like these are things that you have to do. That's part of business. The NBA's players aren't holding up their business ends of the agreement. Dale Earnhardt Jr. says that he was hurt by the comments made by fellow driver Kevin Harvick. If you didn't hear the comments, these were the comments Harvick made on Sirius XM on his own NASCAR show. This from Kevin Harvick earlier this week. I believe that Dale Jr. has had a big part in, in kind of stunning the growth of NASCAR because he's got these legions of fans and these, you know this huge outreach of, of being able to reach different places that none of us have the possibility to reach. And he's saying because Dale didn't win, but he still has the legion of fans, that that hurt the growth of NASCAR. Uh, More style than substance, maybe. It's it's not just style; it's also the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's I think that's fair, isn't it? I mean it it's, it comes as a shot, but it's not inaccurate. Yeah, it's surprising that the great winners like uh, you know Jimmy Johnson has his fans for sure, but nothing rivals what Dale Earnhardt Jr. did, and Jimmy Johnson is arguably the greatest when you talk about accolades and, and what you have won. You're, you're comparing Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you really can't match what Jimmy Johnson has done. So, um, Yeah, I mean, Darren Hart Jr. said Kevin Harvick's criticism was hurtful. Um, and he said, I, 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 I know I have not met, but he's also said, I know I have not met other people's expectations, right? I don't think he's met anybody's expectations. Has he? But. It's interesting to say that he was the reason or one of the reasons why the, the growth of NASCAR was stunted because Dale wasn't winning as much. It's a lot I, to put on his shoulder. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't think that's the reason. I, I think it's one of the reasons. I think it's one of the reasons. Like when the most popular guy isn't winning, it hurts. It's, we talked about this in college sports. Um, I don't know if it was with Clay Helton or who it was. We talk, like, look, in, your, in the Pac-12, if USC's winning – then the conference is viewed greater. We talked about it with te- in Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. When they're winning, the conference is viewed greater. When, if Dale Earnhardt Jr., the most popular driver, is winning, it would have helped creep more into the mainstream and build the sport more. I don't think that's a crazy statement. I wouldn't put it's – the, it's the percentage of blame you put towards Dale Earnhardt Jr. not winning. All right, final one for the road. What's worse, to be John Ramos and not be invited to Cowboys camp or to be me and not invited to coffee this morning? I'm wondering what was Fire. worse – like, John wasn't even included at all, but Fire. I was included, but yet I was left out. So I'm just wondering what w- what's worse, Ramos. Doug, being Ramos or being me for, for not being in on the, the coffee foray this morning? I'd say not being invited to the coffee this morning. <laughs> I, I mean, just be totally candid with you. Um, because Ramos, this, that was the decision above our pay grade. Like, the Rams didn't want Ramos. It was a little creepy. His yeah. Ramos. fandom, right? Ramos, the Rams were like, dude, Ramos is like, you know, it's a little creepy. Uh, but that was that was a, that was a Scott Shapiro decision, that was a sales decision, that was a PR decision. Uh, we just didn't ne- include you. Yeah, never once did you guys you. say, ah, something's missing this morning. You there's, guys there's just really, went along there, with there was it. Really, there was really Fire. nothing. And not only that, you brought it up to my face, which was interesting because a lot of times, like, just don't say any, don't just don't talk about coffee, just don't say in front of Dan. 
Do you drink coffee? Sure. Oh, do you really drink coffee? Uh, yeah. I, I bring a cup in every morning. You're like, what do you drink? And I tell you, grande white mocha. <laughs> it's all right. I, it's all good. Really? Yeah. I don't even know. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Uh, <laughs> getting caught with weed is one thing. Getting caught like Zach Randolph caught, got caught, that's a little something different. We'll explain next. When you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar.com today. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Can I welcome you guys into my life a second as we're welcoming <laughs> on Facebook Live? All right, so uh, so my one of my daughters is texting me about the other daughter being rude, but she doesn't want me to tell my wife that she's texting me or that she's asking me what should I do. So, of course, I text my wife, right? Because I'm like, look, I'm kind of busy right now, but this is going down. <laughs> and so it's a really like they're sitting relatively close to each other. And I'm trying to trying to navigate that <laughs> while trying to conduct a radio show. You're uh, trying to be the firefighter from halfway across. Halfway across the, halfway across <laughs> the country. Uh, isn't isn't uh, fatherhood fun? Maybe I should put a do not disturb on for my kids. Like, hey, no, no, don't 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 bother me. I'm a big, big time. I own kids. Um, it's there's a. Uh, there's speeding tickets, and then there's – that was aggressive, right? There's uh, all kinds of different levels to things that you can do. Right? It's like there's – in college sports, there's breaking rules, and then there's cheating. Right? Um, there's getting caught with weed, and there's what happened to Zach Randolph. <laughs> okay? And, like, look, Zach Randolph didn't – what was the cowboy – that had the the van full of weed after he retired. Nate Newton. Was it Nate Newton? Yeah. Do you guys remember the Nate Newton story? Take a take a wild guess. I, I music. I, I want you to just take a guess okay. on on how much weed they found in Nate Newton's van. Or just take a take a take a guess. Well, you're saying van, so I'm going to go something like five pounds. Um, multiply five. Oh no! <laughs> times. Hold on. Let me see how my math is. My math is really bad. Uh, multiply uh, it by uh, 40. Wow. 200. 213 pounds of weed. Wow. 213 pounds of weed. That's aggressive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's getting after a little bit. Right? Like Cheech and Chong are like, whoa, that's a lot of weed. <laughs> I know Cheech and Chong data reference. Um, but that was a lot. Uh, Zach Randolph did not have 213. 13 pounds of weed. It was not that aggressive. It was not driving 150, giving a middle finger. It was not that type of speeding ticket. But he was in one of the worst parts of L.A., part called Nickerson Gardens Projects, right? Like NBA player signs for $24 million, probably worth over $100 million in the projects. You're like, what are you doing? Cops roll up on guys drinking, smoking, playing music, refusing to disperse and get out of the street. And he's one of the ones that runs from the cops, and they arrest him for possession with the intent to distribute, to which there's no real baseline. Doesn't mean that it's he had anything. He could have had just an ounce or two ounces, whatever. But it's not a good look. It's not a Nate Newton look. I don't want to freak out. It's not a van full of weed where there's weed stuffed in all the seats and just coming out of the exhaust, right? But it's aggressive. 
It's aggressive. My thanks to the Dallas Cowboys for having us out, especially to Dan Bailey for conducting a great interview. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 